Twin Peaks is over 30 years old. There's so much more to learn about Twin Peaks. I, we recommend you pick up our book, Twin Peaks Unwrap the Book, to find out even more about the show that you love. We have tons of great stuff. We have over 100 interviews. We have commentary from the community. We have us. We have some great photos that have never been seen by most folks. I think if you're a diehard Twin Peaks fan, you're going to absolutely love this book, and you will definitely learn something new. So pick it up at BlueRoseMag.com. Hey, this is Charlotte Stewart, and you're listening to Twin Peaks Unwrapped. This is a Twin Peaks special announcement. The spine-tingling two-hour season finale of Twin Peaks can be seen, ta Monday, June 10th. We now return you to our regularly scheduled program. So, Brian, it's our one-year anniversary. Happy one year, Ben. Happy one year. We made it through a whole year. Pretty and, amazing. And this week is the 25th anniversary of the last episode, and we're about to go watch it right now. We are. Where are my Drake brothers? Oh. Where are my Drake brothers? Leave my family alone. Now, Will. Will. Oh, oh my oh. God. Now, does he see the curtain, too, do you think? Yes. Yes, I do. Right. Our theme song. Yeah, I know. <laughs> it all makes sense now. Do you want pie? <laughs> <laughs> I just wanted to keep going and asking more things. Do you want a fork? <laughs> kills them all? No way. No, it kills... It kills Audrey? How is she in the new season? Coffee. <laughs> <laughs> Brian says every morning when yes. he wakes up. Coffee. 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 I have nightmares. <laughs> How's Annie? <laughs> oh my God, it ends this way. <laughs> oh my God. So, what's your first reaction um, to this episode? I love that noise. Um. Well, all I have to say is, how's Annie? (laughs) (laughs) Um, Holy smokes. Um, What did you just watch is what I want want to know from you. I watched a really crazy David Lynch art film, (laughs) art movie, (laughs) like an art, like a short by David Lynch. Um, What what do you think happened (sighs) to Cooper at the end? Okay. Well, I do know he is obviously possessed by Bob, I think. Or uh, Bob or the uh, got into him, right? And so uh, uh, there's so much to talk about and think about. But, yeah, I think Bob obviously is now in Cooper. And the real Cooper is... In the Black Lodge, which they haven't come out and said the Black Lodge is that, but we know it is. Mm-hmm. Um, and there was multiple Dale Coopers. There was two of them, and I think the bad one came out, the possessed one, um, and then the real, the good one is trapped in there, and it has to find its way out. Is that partly from every everything you hear on, on the internet, or is that no? I mean, when I saw uh, the internet. The only thing the internet did is spoil the imagery. Yeah. Uh, plot wise, they knew nothing. Okay. Um, 
the imagery of him smashing his face in the mirror mm-hmm. is on a book that yeah. we actually interviewed the, the author. Right. Uh, I've seen thing. that photo before. Also, I've also seen photos of Laura Palmer with the white eyes hmm. contacts. Yeah. So I knew we were going to see Laura again. Okay. Um, I knew white eyes were going to happen, and I knew the uh, smashing his face. But I know um, what I'm taking in is, I guess there's evil that men do, but maybe it's also a metaphor that in all evil men, they're still a good person. Yeah. And uh, Leland was a good person. But that evil took control, mm. and that good person got pushed aside. Mm. And if I guess, I, I guess I would take it as a metaphor: is we all know Dale Cooper's a good person. Yep. And I think it took a lot of um, evil or something to possess him to act this way. Yeah. Because he's such a good person. Right. And maybe it's almost like the ultimate triumph for evil to take Dale Cooper down. Yeah. It's almost like this big. Like, he's like an achievement almost because mm. he's such a good guy. Right. And when uh, Wendell Merle says, when she's taking Annie in there, he goes, I've taken him to the edge before, mm-hmm. but never this far. Like, right. I've never brought him in before. But right. I, so you know that Wyndham Earl, this is his whole plan. Mm. Yes. Yeah, well, do you want to start the show? Do you want to we'll, yeah, we'll take we a sh- second and we'll get uh, get our things together and yeah, we'll, we'll yeah. start this uh, yes, show? Yes, I, I got a lot to uh, think about. Yeah. Yes. Sounds good. All yeah. right, let's start the show. Welcome to this week's edition of Twin Peaks Unwrapped. I'm your host, Brian Kazaska. Beside me is Ben Durant. Is Ben Durant. Um, We just watched the last episode of Twin Peaks for at least season two, episode 29. Yeah, we watched it together. Uh, What you just heard before the opening credits is my uh, real-time reaction. Real-time reaction. Real-time reaction, and then our little, little reaction right after it. And now that I had like about like 10, 15 minutes to get a cup of coffee, decompress, think everything over. Oh man, there's a lot to unpack in this episode. There's a lot. That's I mean, there's a reason why people are still loving it 25 years later. I mean, they're still discussing it. They're still trying to make sense of what they just watched. Or I, they watched I, 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 it totally makes sense now. Yeah. Like a lot of it, it does answer. It doesn't answer questions directly, but it gives you. A lot of stuff you wanted. Mm. You know, I kind of feel like a, a part of me, unlike you and the fans who watched it when it first aired, yeah. you went, oh my God, what am I going to do now? Because right. this hap- this ended the way it did. Right. Now, it's, it's a pretty depressing ending. Yeah. I mean, to think that that's it. That's, that's all I'm ever going to get. But season three is coming out. And yeah. since I just finished the show... In my head, well, well, I wait a couple months. I can see what right. happens. Yeah. Where you guys, yeah. like, you watched this originally, and you went, crap, if this show never comes back, I'll never right. know. But how right. lucky are we that it's almost like they pl- everything was a happy accident. Like, David Lynch, 25 years later, mm. we're, 
for hitting 25 years. And um, yeah, we've kind of hit 25, and so we've kind of passed the 25. I mean, especially talking yeah. about 25, this is the week yes. of the 25th anniversary of the last episode. This is our one year anniversary of our show. Yeah, so you planned it out perfectly. I did. Joel Bacco figured it out on, uh, I think, on Twitter, where it, I had planned this all along that the year <laughs> would come along and we, we would it would time out perfectly to the last episode. Wow, Ben. So. <laughs> wow, you're a mastermind. I, it's all, it all worked out. But yeah, I mean, it's so it's it's great that Mark Frost and David Lynch got together and said, "Hey, we're getting close to that 25 year mark. Wouldn't it be great to have the show come back?" And yeah, yeah it's. It, it, I don't think they knew when they were making the show that yeah, twenty five years later we'll, we'll make it, this again. But. It's a happy accident. Yeah. I mean, it, I mean, technically it'd be twenty six years because it's coming back next year. But it's actually be twenty seven or something like that. Yeah, yeah twenty eight. Even with you, if you count eighty nine, that the show uh, takes place in nineteen eighty nine. Yeah, so, but they could still be you know whatever year. Yeah, and how cool is it that we get to see you know we get to see what happens to Dale Cooper? Yeah, and also I don't. I won't get into it too much. I don't like the fact, like everybody's been telling me, did you see the new cast list? Oh, did yeah. See? And I said, no. I don't want to look at the cast list until we watch Firewalk with me. Mm-hmm. But another part of me doesn't want to look at it at all. Right. Um, Because I do feel, I don't know what Firewalk with me is going to give me yet. Yeah. But at this point, Seeing what happens to Audrey, she's slated to be in season three, which everybody knows. Mm-hmm. There's been photos, and yep. she's come out and said And we've it. talked about it. I think it was the UK Fest or yeah. one, of the, one of those that it was kind of basically said she was going to so be in. So I'm kind of perplexed in how she's going to come back. Yeah, well, what, we, why don't we get into the episode, yeah. and when we get to that part, we should talk more yeah, about Yeah, we'll talk it about it more. I, I could talk... All day about what we just saw, and so that's what I think. And it's like I know I, I we have to plan out the next year because it'll probably be another year before that. And we could talk more about that at the end of the episode. But I feel like we still have so much even in this episode to come back to. I don't think I think if you were if people are thinking it's going to be we're going to be able to discuss everything in this episode, we're probably not. No, we're no. going to talk about a lot of stuff. I I want to talk a lot about the the script. And I think there's a lot to talk about, but I think it's something that we'll, we'll Joel will be on soon, and yeah. we'll, we'll have him to talk about, and it'll be an ongoing thing that to. Dis- yeah, yeah, and I, I think that's I like like we'll have Joel on, and I think we can dig deeper. Yes. Yeah. I'm really excited. He, he's got this wonderful uh, a video on the mythology of the show, and it really does focus on these last episodes. And it's my favorite of, of Joel's videos that he's done. It's my the best See, one. I so, can watch this now. Now you can watch it. Right? I know. <laughs> you stay away from Firewalk with me. Yeah. <laughs> I know just when you think you can watch everything, it's uh, like, still not the movie stuff. but uh, Get cool. close. Very close. So this is... Episode twenty nine. This this was the second part of of the movie, the Monday Night Movie of the Week, which aired on June tenth, nineteen ninety one. Wow! Uh, it was written by Mark Frost, Harley Payton, Robert Angles, and David Lynch. But he's uncredited. He's not credited, but he did. He changed a lot of the script, of especially course. by the the last act, uh, Act Four. He basically rewrote it. The whole really? Act. So I mean, there's some things to talk about, like how they they're very different in the direction that that these these writers that have been writing the whole the whole <laughs> most of the season most of the season they've been writing and and Lynch comes in and he just changes it. So. And you can't even get mad because it's David Lynch. It's yeah, his show. and you can't get mad and, and like what, look what he produced. I mean, yeah, like I yeah. mean, it's it's riveting television. I mean, I yeah, we will we'll have to talk about that at some point. I yeah, don't think yeah. they, I don't think the writers were happy because they worked hard on yeah. writing it and they had and they had some ideas of, of the direction they wanted to go and yeah. 
And Lynch kind of threw that out and said, this is what I'm going to do. So the uh, the ratings for this was a 6.7, and it was the 59th place for the week. 59. So 59. it's a roughly the same. Well, last week was the same. It was the same movie. Movie, so, yeah. right. So the ratings didn't dip in between shows. <laughs> right. In between, the hours. in between that hour, yeah. yeah at least yeah. they didn't count it that way. So we should we should start. Uh, that would have been really fun. That would be. Well, I, the rating got higher. That would have been interesting. So I'm going to talk a lot about the script because there's so much to talk about with the script, and I hope I don't make the whole show about the script, but I probably will. <laughs> but I will say one thing that's very different from the script yeah. is the script is very fast-paced. There's like this whole race to catch Earl and save Annie, and it's like things are moving quickly. Like it seems like Cooper's right on um, uh, Earl's tail. Like he's like right on top of where Lynch takes his time. After the last couple episodes, the pacing of this episode – it's like someone driving really fast on the highway, and then all of a sudden it comes to a screeching halt. Yeah. And then all of a sudden you're like, but I'm so used to this this moving fast right. pace. And all of a sudden you're like watching a guy get answer the phone, or this, getting yeah, water. Right. You know, yeah. like, so it's, yeah, different I feel. mean, for me, I love Lynch's style. Yeah, it's, yeah. It's, it's, it's humorous. It's also kind of like you can, I can take a breath. Like I kind of mm. just like enjoy this movement and move, enjoy the whole thing. So, yeah, it's definitely a different feel to it. You almost wish they had more time because I felt like we didn't have enough time because these shots were so long. Right. You're kind of like, what? It's going to happen next. Right. And like, You're kind of like, this is the last episode. We have yeah. to, we we have to move on. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So we, Sense we, of urgency is yeah. lost. It's right. gone. So we, we start the show off with uh, at the police station, and Lucy is talking to Andy about how uh, the lights went out, and she was afraid if her baby was going to be born, you know, how would she uh, deal yeah. with that? She Yeah, Lucy and Andy... I mean, they got a happy ending. They did. They got a happy ending. I think yeah. it's the only happy ending in this whole. I think you're ep- right. Episode, like, yeah, it, it goes downhill from here. The rest <laughs> of the thing is like everybody, everybody's getting hurt and everybody is fighting and. I guess they represent innocence. Those yep. two. I guess so. Cooper is now looking at the map and he's still trying to figure out how can he find Earl. And then uh, Tr- Truman comes in. And this is an awesome shot. The fisheye camera in the corner yeah. and you could see the whole office like a wide angle yeah lens. Why not, uh, right lens. i love his one one shot I and mean, lynch is yeah. doing this a lot you don't have to cut to between people you yeah. just have this yeah and my prediction not my prediction but my theory of the map the giant the midget the firewalk with me yes i was like yeah i called it, I called yes. it. <laughs> yep all of that was there you, you 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 understood the map i understood the map long before cooper or even andy i know. understood it you knew but see, he's been love struck, so yeah. he's been occupied. Grand Theft Auto with uh, Pete Martell comes in. It Grand says, Theft Auto. Stole my truck. Oh. It's just like the log lady, lady stole, stole my, my truck. truck. <laughs> just the image of the log lady getting into <laughs> his truck. <laughs> but you know that Earl was dressed up as a log lady in the Miss Twin Peaks contest. Yeah. So, yeah. Or it was the log lady's mom. Maybe. Yeah, or dad maybe. and Drek. Whichever. And, and Cooper knows it. Cooper's like, no, it's not the log lady. Um, but she's bringing a jar of oil. Oh, he's the log lady. Right, right. Yeah. Now, why would the log lady have this oil? Well, uh, Cooper says that um, it was her hu- her husband discovered it. Her husband, I believe, was a woodsman. Mm. Some people say, I mean, maybe in the diary they say he's a, he might be a firefighter, but I believe he's a woodsman. Yeah. And so the woodsman, I mean, like, he, I don't know he discovered it by, like, if he ran into the sycamore trees and got a jar oh, of oil. Oh, yeah. I wonder if that's how he died. 
No, he died in a fire. He died in a fire, but fire walk with me, the idea that, I mean... Uh, what if he stole the oil is what killed him? Because you're not maybe stealing that or taking that is probably not yeah. a good idea. Talk about King Arthur as in the, uh, I think, Glastonbury Grove is where the sycamore yeah. trees are. And now the song, Sycamore Trees. Right, our theme song. It, yes. It finally plays in this episode. See you in the trees. Yes, yeah, see you in the trees. It all makes sense, man. So we're going to see throughout this episode that uh, David Lynch brought people back that were not in the script. And I don't think the log lady was in the script and she she brings the whole oil. That whole idea was Lynch's idea. He okay. brought it's not in the script. It's he, but I like it. I mean it's yeah. the idea of uh, I was just wondering where she got the oil from. Yeah. Maybe we should bring up some audio to hear her. This oil is an opening to a gateway. Yeah, see. Opening to, to a, a gateway. gateway. And I wonder if that's what maybe killed him. Possibly. Maybe he was getting too close to uh, the secrets of the woods. Yeah, and yeah. stealing the oil might not have been the smartest idea. But it worked out for right. the future. But maybe maybe they don't want, you know, it's like stealing like a, like a cursed rabbit's foot, you know? <laughs> yeah. Gives him bad luck. Right. So uh, Cooper opens the jar, lets Truman smell it. And then he smells it, and they say scorched engine oil, and they say Jacoby. We remember Jacoby was in the hospital, and he mentioned scorched engine yes. oil, and that connected to Leland when he, Leland was beating him up in the, um, I believe, Easter Park there. Yeah. So like, there, we've had this smell before. We, you know, also when uh, Madeline was killed, she smelled you know, scorched. scorched engine oil. So yeah. it's come up before. And it just always made me think there was a car that was just burning oil. Oh yeah. And then they, uh, Hawk bring in uh, Renette. It, so it's Renette, like a reunion. Renette, again, Renette was not in the script. This is something that uh, Lynch decided to bring in. That's cool. I love that. I love that they're tying this kind of together. See, that's what I, you feel satisfied by yeah. this episode. And then so Renette says that, yeah, she smelled it. When, it gives uh, her, yeah, flashbacks. Yeah, flashback to when Laura was killed. Clearly, this seems to be surrounded by... Uh, I would say spirits or this whole supernatural thing that's happening in Twin Peaks. Yep, the mystery. And then we are in the woods with the pickup truck there with uh, Wyndham Earl and uh, Annie. And he has to tell Annie, I'm Wyndham Earl. <laughs> I like how he has to announce it. And he actually, actually, there's there's stuff that was taken out of the script. It's it's a lot shorter version of Wyndham Earl talking to Annie. I'm Wyndham Earl. Yeah. And like he, he actually bashes her head into the. Uh, into the window. What's with the trout, though? It goes tw twelve rainbow trout. Well, I think that's a reference to the fact that Pete Martell says he went fishing. Fishing is and that? Then, oh, that's his truck. That's his truck. Yeah, right? That's what yeah, he's saying. Yeah. The log lady took the truck. And, yeah, okay. Right, yeah. But he bashes he bashes uh, Annie's head, and that actually he, they actually did it. I think in one take. And uh, <laughs> really, yeah. Poor Heather Graham. Poor Heather Graham. She can't push right. around. I think she can handle it, but uh, but it was yeah. still kind of cool that. Now, what is she saying? Okay. She, she's muttering a prayer. Yeah. And remember, she, she was um, a nun, so she's doing her rosemary or something. That... What are we doing here? Because it was so hard to understand what she was saying because there was, like, music going. Right. And, um, and then she's wearing all black, and she's in the woods. Well, the all black is from Miss Twin Peaks, where her yeah, last outfit was. But it makes it look like she's a witch. Because hmm. she's in this yeah. forest wearing right. all black. She got the long hair. It just conjure up a, like a witch-ish. Yeah. And I wonder if she's a, a key ingredient. 
I mean, she. I think she's the the queen. He was looking for the queen, right? And whoever was. So that is a key ingredient, I guess, to get inside. Uh, Maybe, well, it was to get the Cooper in. It was to bring Cooper right. in. Really, some people think. I mean, some people think that, that our Twin Peaks this? could be. No, not at all. I mean, in some ways, some people think that Twin Peaks could be have a lot of pa- pagan ideas, and like the idea, or even Christians for that matter, mm. is the idea of a sacrifice. Yeah. Is, is is she Annie a sacrifice? Do you need that need to bring her? Yeah, yeah. she definitely is a sacrifice because there's a circle. So I guess if it was like a pagan, it was like the the star, yeah. and you you would have the candles or you know other th- rituals. But I think she's a sacrifice only to get Cooper because Cooper loves her, mm-hmm. and that's uh, straight to a man's soul, maybe through his heart. You know, like. To a man's heart, it goes through his stomach, like that old saying. Yeah. But he's using his the his love for somebody. Right. And willing, and Cooper is willing um willing to sacrifice himself for her. Yep. In which he does. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. She was a yeah definitely a sacrifice. Right. So you know, in the script, as Annie and Earl are 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 you know walking along. He uh, Earl says something about uh, pity young Dale will miss all the fun. I I always felt we were sort of Lodge brothers. I love this idea of Lodge brothers. Lodge and brothers is like a, a, you know yeah. But the whole idea that you have the White Lodge and the Black Lodge. I mean, it's a cool line. I liked it. Again, it was it was taken out and stuff. But it's and the other thing is I think I mentioned how it was this fast pace. Cooper and Truman were right behind them. I mean they were. They're probably only minutes away where they were like they got yeah. to they got to pick up truck. Oh, it's still hot. And and so they're still kind of running after them. So they're not in the script, they're not far behind. Okay. Right so. But they take their time. Yeah. And and this imagery of the circle and Cooper walking the super circle with the um, curtain, there's a t shirt that just got Put out not yeah, that long the great, ago. So the Great Southern, Southern yeah, they, yes. they put out. I think we just missed the deadline for that, unfortunately, because I think it was the the fourteenth of, of May was the deadline for that. But I yeah. hope everybody got it. Yeah, it's a great shirt. I did put. I did get one. You did. I did yes. too. Yes. Awesome. All right. Very cool. We gotta wear. We gotta wear it at the Great Southern. Uh, yes. Which is only uh, this, this weekend. This weekend. Yes. Yeah, I can't wait. I know. He'll come for me. No, he won't. He also said that Dale Why are you is doing dead. this to me? Trying to scare her. Fell in love with my wife. I took the boy right to the edge that time. Come in. Come in to the circle. <laughs> I tell you, they have not died. Their hands clasp yours and mine. Okay. Their hands clasp yours and mine. Yeah. So that was actually taken from a poem. And it's um, I th- I find it fascinating. It's I mean I always thought it was an interesting line. I tell you they have not died, you know. So actually this comes from like um, a poem. Some people say it's from the eulogy for soldiers. Uh, I've also heard it say there is no death. It's a poem, mm-hmm. and the poem was, said it was by Gordon Johnstone, and but it actually was that was actually a name he used for poet for his poems and his writing work. But his actual name was Lieutenant uh, Joseph Sweeney. And he actually served in battle, and mm-hmm. and um, he wrote, yeah, he wrote all this stuff. But it, I think it's really talking about like when people, people, his people have died that their their yeah. spirit lives on. And yep. I think in some ways that that's how we can apply this. Is like you know, I tell you, they have not died. It's like we're about to go into the Black Lodge, and we're gonna meet all these other people. And the way 
I kind of connected to that. Well, that's what he's talking about. So that poem also was turned into a song. I tell you, they have not died. Their hearts clasp yours and mine. They are not but glorified. They have become divine. They live, they know, they see. They shout with every breath. share that because it's a it's an interesting line and then to find out that they actually took it from a poem mm -hmm. so yeah now uh annie is stuck in the sycamore trees like she looks like she's like possessed or she can't move yeah or... yeah the sycamore trees and it, it you know our theme song has made makes more sense now now when i listen yes. to it yes. i have a, a more of a, a broader picture and david lynch wrote that and like i think he i feel like he must have wrote it just for this uh this episode which yeah is, Pretty cool, and so yeah, the curtains appear, and uh, and uh, Earl takes Annie into the curtains there. And it's, it's a like, cool effect. It's an awesome effect. I yeah. love it. And so, in the script, Cooper actually uh, races towards them. He actually sees the the um, the opening, and, and he sees Earl and Annie going in. He grabs uh, Earl's leg, and I actually think he's actually they're all yanked in together. I believe. Oh. And, but here. The problem with that is, so it wasn't. It's like Cooper didn't want to go in. It was kind of like he was forced in. Yeah. Where I kind of like the the TV version where he's gonna he's he discovers this all on his own. He's he's a detective and he figures out how to get into yeah. it. Yeah. And he volunteer. I mean, he goes in willingly. Yeah, I think that works better because the other one sounds like an Indiana Jones thing. <laughs> you, you know, yeah, like yeah. I made it in by you know just by the skin of my teeth. Oh, there's one other thing I forgot to say. So I just want to say, there's a lot of script stuff. I don't. I want you to talk, Brian. This is the big episode. I know, I know, Jump I know. In. But I want to. We have Joe Bacco for that though, too. So before Annie actually goes into the lodge, uh, the lodge begins to open. The uh, curtains begin to open. Uh -huh. A kindly smiling mother superior nun seems to welcome her in, and Annie moves towards it. The script is going to do this several mm. times, where it seems like. I don't know if it's the lodge or the spirits that are might be tricking people into going in. So you have this like all of a sudden this this nun appears, which she has a connection because she was in the nunnery yep. and stuff. So, but I find it interesting, and I, I'll I'll bring it up again. But like trickery, yeah, to get to entice someone, right? Or, yeah, I don't know if it worked, and I don't think I'd want it. I like the way this is going in yeah. the show, but yeah, yeah. I mean, if we'd seen it on screen, we right. might. Feel differently, but yeah, yeah. And now we're in, uh, now we're in Big Ed's house. I do like the fact that Ed walks out of the camera and he's snapping. Right. And I'm like, we haven't seen snapping since the last David Lynch directed. Probably. And I do, yeah, right. Yeah, he right. always is snapping. Yeah. And I do like that, yeah, it's like black because it's on the bat, his back and he comes yeah. out. Yeah. It's yeah. a nice shot. And basically, Nadine resorts because the sandbag brings her back to being Nadine. Yes. Um, it's kind of sad because she's back to like her spastic self, like where's my drape runners and mm. Ed, you're a moron. Right. And we have no, we have 
a like it resolves itself where she gets back her memory, mm. but it makes a sad story for Mike, who yeah. said he has feelings for her, and then Ed and Norma. Now what? Right. And this is like a cliffhanger on its own. This is cliffhanger number one almost because we don't we don't see these characters again. Nope. After this, this is it. So in season three. I'm wondering what they're going to do if these characters come back at all or, mm-hmm. or we they give us like what happened to them and right. you know even Mark Frost's book his book that's going to come out yeah in could, October there right it's supposed to like give us that gap cuz the mystery is wh- why is Twin Peaks such a ma- you know weird magical place right that's a mystery. Yeah. I can't, you know. I don't know. So there seems to be this theme throughout this episode of head injuries. Yes. We have Nadine, and not in the script. We have Mike, who has a head injury as well. And he says he says a tree fell on him, which I almost feel like almost makes me think of the log where, where Wyndham Earl as, as – Hit him in the head with the log. But he, but he didn't. He hit Bobby with the log. So yeah. I don't know if Lynch made a mistake and got confused, but he didn't say log. He said tree. But it's still kind of random. I really think he just liked the duality of having the two people with head injuries, <laughs> in, head in, head injuries right next to each other. You're right. And, and, you know, Bobby got hit in the head, and he's fine. He's, yeah, right, he's at the right, diner right, at with Shelly. Right, and I'll get when we get to that. That that was a, a scene that um, Lynch added. That wasn't even part of the script. There was no double R diner scene. Wonderful. Uh, yeah, I, I it. mean, it's interesting that right. maybe that was a confusion there. Or... Hey, Nadine, how old? What kind of a stupid question is that? Answer me. Oh. <laughs> how old are you? Thirty-five, you moron. I do like that wide shot. She goes, she runs into the camera and like running away to find the drape runners. Yeah. And then Ed holds her and kind of drags her back. back. And it's it's a beautiful shot. And yeah, yeah, it's like you're watching a play. Yeah, that's what it feels like. Yep. I love it. And so uh-huh. now I think we're at the um, uh, the Hayward the Hayward family. We see a fireplace. Fire. Uh, well, yeah. Yep. She's like staring Hayward's at the fire. And- Ben, ben Horn is there, and he's and uh, we've got uh, Donna, who's got her suitcase, and she's leaving. So it's like they're giving us all these plot wrap-ups before we get to the meat, the big one. Yeah. They're and wrapping it, up everything for I us. mean, and, basically, and Lynch is kind of basically staying close to the script that was there for the most part. He's kind of like, okay, we'll, we'll, we'll play out these scenes that were written. And do we really know? Because Ben is ruining their family by saying... I'm your dad. And now, you know, Donna's hurt because nobody told her. Her, her not biological father, but the father that, you know, took care of her, he's upset. And then Ben Horn's wife, who we haven't seen in, like, the first season, she comes in and she's like, you're ruining their family. So ultimately, <laughs> we don't even know what his main objective was for this. I mean, I honestly want to believe he wanted to do the right thing and he wanted to be good. I do. But when is doing the right thing? This is a, like, not the right thing, though. Like, yeah. uh, what is, like, the ultimate, like, what, what's the payoff for him? Right. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know what he was thinking. I mean, like. I don't think he was thinking. Right. I think maybe he was wrapped up in this whole I gotta do good. Yeah. And I think this is one of these things, maybe, you know, when you get wrapped up into something and you think about, like, oh, it's ridiculous. Why am I so wrapped up in this? Mm. Maybe he got so wrapped up in this whole, like, I got to be good. I got to do all these good things. And right. he's kind of in the middle of it now. There's yeah. no turning back. Yeah. So Sylvia's brought back again. I think Lynch brought her back, I think. And uh, 
We haven't seen her, I don't think, since episode two, I think. I think Dinner the, table, right? The dinner table. Yeah. I think that's the last time. So, I mean, the whole series, we basically have not... I couldn't even yeah. tell you what she looked like. I right. remember the back of her or, head. Well, you know what? She might have been... I said the dinner... I think she might have actually been in the funeral, too. She might have been. Might, or probably. I can't remember if she was in it or this it got cut out of the out of the script. But it's been basically since the first season wow. since we've seen her. And, yeah, I mean, I don't know. It makes sense that Audrey and Donna, Donna does look like Ben Horn. They yeah. kind of look like... And she looks a little bit like Audrey, and yeah. they kind of wore some of the same clothing and stuff, Yeah, too. so, I mean, that's kind of cool, because yeah. in season three, it's her sisters. Will Hayward gets angry, punches Ben Horn in the face, and knocks him into the fireplace, and he's got a bloody head there. And, and then... I I thought this was going to lead into something. Yeah? I thought, like, um, there was going to be more of this, like... Um, he was in, in trouble because mm. he starts screaming. Yeah. And I think he's aggravated and he doesn't know what to do with his anger because right. he's so mad at Ben Horn and he's such a nice guy. Yeah. So I think he has that anger in him. He doesn't know how to let it escape. But I thought for some reason this was going to lead into the, the the Black Lodge oh, or something. Oh, interesting. I, yeah. well, like, because this is really the last time we see any of these people. Right. It's funny. So it's funny. I want to believe that Ben Horn is okay, and yeah. I want to believe that because at the very end of the episode, uh, we see Will Hayward again uh, looking over Cooper. Yeah. And so if if he had killed Ben Horn... He would be in jail. Wouldn't he be in jail? You yeah. would think that he would have gone to jail. Or... This is Twin Peaks, though. I know. That's yeah. true. So, yeah, but you're right. I mean, you're right. You would right. we're, we're talking about Leland Palmer, who the judge kind of let him off uh, for uh, for uh, Jacques Renault and stuff. Yeah. It's like, oh, okay, well, you, you know. So maybe you're right. Who knows? But so this, yeah, another head injury. We've got another head injury. This is the third head head injury now. Yep. Nadine, Mike, and uh, Ben. Now, now we're in the Mart house there when Andrew is is switching off keys. Like so, the whole box inside a box, and they finally got a key. And and Andrew's gonna switch the keys so that she he put can... it in a pastry yeah. holder. Right. And which was silly. And now he yeah, he replaced it with a key that looked just like the key and well, Martel catches right. him and he's like, yeah. Well, me and you, we're yep. going for it yep, together. We're do it together then. No Catherine. Thing. You're right, Ka- Catherine, right. Catherine. Is not, gone. She's not in this episode. No. Well, I do have some stuff about the script, so when we get to the time, I will okay. share that with you. Right. But you're right; it is, it is interesting. We don't know. I don't know when the last time we did. She see went her. to bed. She, she went, went to bed because <laughs> she put the key, and she goes, oh, yeah. "Nobody's gonna touch this because I don't know why." Yeah, and I'm gonna go to bed. Right. So now we're in the woods, and Cooper is uh, Cooper is seeing the truck, and Truman's with them. This is where like they're in the script. It's so much faster. They they they're right on the tail, and like you know, it seems like hours later that Cooper's yeah. finally got to the truck, but. A lot has happened, but storytelling purposes, it does make sense. I'm kind of glad they're getting a lot of this out of the way to really soak in what David Lynch is going to give us at the end. Yeah, you know. And I may have said it in other sh- other episodes that what it, what Lynch did with this this two hour um, movie too is he kind of like did a lot more commercials at the beginning, like mm. like he filled up the commercials and did longer commercials so that when he got to the end of this episode or this movie, he was able to do longer yeah. takes. And that was great for television. When I watched it 25 years ago, yep. being able to just kind of enjoy the moment, especially when we get to the Black Lodge, just enjoy that and not have to be like, okay, another commercial, another commercial. You have two, uh, like for modern storytelling, you have commercials to deal with, and I think, yeah, like David Lynch and others now work around. They know right. how to build a scene where the commercial is not going to take you out of it. Yeah. Um, but also, when you have a scene like that, I hate when they will cut 
to another character doing something else. Then bring you back to that action. That always takes me out of it, too. And I mm. like that David Lynch kept with this yeah. the entire time. We got rid of everything else. Because could you imagine if that scene was intercut with Donna? Or, you know, some right. other side character? Yeah. That really would have been kind of like, you would have been like, no. Totally. So um, we're in the woods, and Cooper basically stops Truman. He kind of stares off for a second. I don't know what he, if he's thinking or what, but then he basically says, I'm going to have to do this by myself, and, and kind of takes the flashlight and takes off. The whole Pittsburgh issue he had with Earl and, 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 yeah. and the wife died, he maybe doesn't want to bring Truman into this, and he's got to do this alone. But Truman does kind of follow him still. He's still yeah, kind of... Yeah, he's like his guard. He's like his safety. Yeah. You know? I got your back. I got your back, Coop. <laughs> Coop. Cooper's following a trail. I don't know if he sees footprints or what. Oh, and then we have an owl hoot. The owl hoots. It's yes. the owl. Now, is that owl a spirit? Is that something more than just an owl? Owls are not what they seem, seem, right? Yeah. I do like, I mean, it almost feels like X-Files. We got just lights, like flashlights in, in the darkness. Yeah. It's a cool, I like the framing of the circle. Mm. When we were watching, I did say it reminds me of the ring. Where the ring it had that same feel. Yeah, it's we got eerie. the white What's circle. Happen? Yeah, yeah. And, and the ring had like it had a well, right? It yeah, had it was a well. well. Yeah, yep. right. That was pretty creepy. And I, I think it's that movie. I like that movie a lot because there was a mystery of the the tape and everything. Mm. And they did the sequel, and they explained too much, and the, it just didn't have the yeah. same. Was the sequel the one with the horse, or was that? Yeah, the it wasn't yeah. that good. Yeah. I pretend it didn't happen. Yes, you should. I think great. Yeah. <laughs> Cooper mentioned sees the circle and says it's opening to a gateway, and so I believe that's the you know scorched engine oil yep. is there. Maybe that's where uh, the log the lady's uh, husband maybe scooped up some uh, oil. Yeah, and it's, it happened before he died. Right. So we don't even know. Maybe he scooped some up, but maybe he won it himself. You never know. Make a note of that because maybe we should return to that yeah. in like the movie or another time. And is this where um, major breaks? Yes. Is this where he's going? He's been there. Or the White Lodge. He's been to the White Lodge, too. But he's so, been to the Black yeah, Lodge. Yeah, we're not, it's not clear, is it? But he's been to something. He's been to somewhere. He's been abducted. He's yeah. been somewhere. So and we'll that, get to a point where, you know, he's taunted or basically said, you know, waiting for you. And we'll get to that point. Yeah. So I love, I do love that whole scene of, of Cooper going into the, uh, into the curtains. It's a, it's so cool. The yeah. And I like here. the spotlight, you know, yeah. to David Lynch, you got the spotlight. Right. And it fades. I mean, it, it. The spotlight goes out. It's such a cool effect. Yeah, and Truman's watching, and he's like, "Oh my god!" Like, wow. So, and then we get it. We're we're in the red room. I mean, we got the we've for the got rest the... of the episode. We're pretty much <laughs> in the red room, right? We got this the 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 floor and the red curtains, and we got it all. It's so cool. Changing. Now, what made you think this was the Black Lodge? Because they don't come out and say it. Well, I mean, I think when the you know basically it. says, "I'm going to the Black Lodge." I that's mean, he's true. enough You're times right. he's basically said that's been his mission the whole time. Right. I'm going to the Black Lodge, yeah. and this map is to the Black Lodge. So I think that's. I don't even right. know why. Yeah, you're right. You're but right. Saying, I should I be first, paying attention more. Yeah. When I first saw this, it's like my like mind is blown. It's like the dream is now reality. We live inside a dream. But like the idea that like, yeah, the idea that like he dreamt about it way back in episode two, and, and now, now he's actually in physically in this space. It's like whoa, yeah, like yeah. crazy, mind blown. Oh, yes. Yeah. The script is a little different with the Black Lodge. Cooper's he's in this this space, this dark space, and it's limitless. And then a guardian. Is that's what the script says, appears in the shadows, and he stands before Cooper. 
and Cooper says, where am I? And there's this flash of light. And so like this whole idea of the Guardian, this is my theory and I think other people might share this theory. The Guardian, I think, was probably what Major Briggs talked about, the dream that he saw the cave map. Like you saw that shadowy the hooded, hooded figure. figure. Yeah. And it also came up when he was abducted while Cooper's urinating. Major Briggs says, Cooper, Cooper! And there's a flash of light and we see some kind of figure in the yeah. light. Yeah. I believe, and I think a lot of other people think that that might have been the Guardian. So here's something where the characters, I mean, the writers had this idea way back, episode 17 or so, and yeah. then brought it forward. And then we're going to get to it in the last episode. And Lynch basically throws out the whole Guardian idea. And there is no Guardian. Would the Guardian have been someone there to protect him, to take him on this tour of the Black Lodge? Yeah, I mean, he appears, I mean, it's in the script, he's not throughout the whole thing. He's there, and then he's gone again. Because if he was there for Major Briggs, it would allow Major Briggs to go in and come out without right. being possessed. Like the Guardian protected him or something maybe. protected him. Maybe. I don't know him. if he's good or bad. I... Yeah. So maybe the Guardian doesn't work in Lynch's vision because no. if that Guardian was a tour guide almost, yeah. but was he protecting Cooper? So maybe I, I could see, right. I, yeah, it's a mystery and I could see why it wasn't used. But it's interesting that yeah. it's in the script because, yeah, maybe those guys have the idea that the Guardian would protect Cooper. I'm interested to know if, when we get there, if the writers wanted Cooper to go in that direction. Mm. And so, like, it's hard because we see this episode and we see the Red Room and, like, the script does a lot of other things that is not the Red Room. Like, it's oh, no. interesting. Yeah, I think they were, like, in a black hallway, maybe with, with the Guardian. And then all of a sudden, like, with a flash of light, they're in, like, a, a motel office. <laughs> What? Yes. And there's a reception desk and there's a clerk. He's a very bizarre clerk. He makes me think of like that waiter guy at the beginning of second season where he's like, that milk is going to get cold and yeah, stuff. And yeah. Cooper's like, is this the black lodge? And the clerk says, name please. He's saying his own thing. And he's not listening to Cooper. Yeah, like yeah. And then like these strange things happen where all of a sudden Cooper becomes a little boy and then he transforms into an adult. I don't know if the Lodge is playing games with Cooper, but it's like weird things are happening mm. while, while this is happening. And then the, um, the clerk becomes an old man and it turns into Cooper's father. And so like... <laughs> Wow, that's deep. Yeah, and we've never need, we don't know what Cooper's dad looks like. Right. I almost say this for the for the Cooper book that we were gonna do, but I decided we can talk about it now a little bit now. And then when we get to that Cooper book, I don't even it's been so long since I've even read autobiography of Dale Cooper. Mm -hmm. But it, I feel like there could be some connections. That was written by Scott Frost, Mark Frost's brother, and I yeah. feel like there might be some connections to this last episode script and what happened yeah, in yeah, the book and yeah, stuff. Yeah. So yeah, he has a whole kind of really talk with his father and he's like selling his father. He loves him and then and then it goes old man again and cable TV includes three adult what? channels. And so it's like it's weird stuff going on yeah. in this episode. Nothing like like that last episode. In the show we're we're in the red room. We're in the red room. And I do love it that you know the curtains opened and there's this flash of lights flashing. Kind of makes me think of Miss Twin Peaks when the lights were flashing in that yeah. episode. But. Yep. And then, out of the curtains, little man from another place. Do you think he'll be in season three? Uh, uh, no comment. No comment. I don't know. I won't say. I would like him to be. Yeah. I'll say that much. I would. I feel like he's a big part of this strange mystery of Twin yeah, Peaks. Yeah. Again, I don't think he was in the script, the little man from another place. Like but he's, David Lynch has to bring out the big yeah, guns. Right. Yeah. How can you have the red room without the little man from another place? Like, yeah. he, he just can't. Now, is this the original singer? This is the same? Yes. He's got a great voice. He's got an awesome voice. But when he says, you'll see me under the trees. Yeah. I was like, 
Oh, yeah. Jimmy Scott is his name. So, like, Sycamore Tree's lyrics were actually written by David Lynch and sung by Jimmy Scott. So, yeah. You know, I feel like this. I feel like Lynch actually, you know, made this just for this episode, which I think is pretty special. Yeah, yeah. Some scenes work with no music, mm. perfectly, very minimal. But if he does such a great job with like style and using yeah. different, like having a singer in the middle singing is absurd when you think about it. Right. But then when you see it, you're like, it just works. Right. It's so cool. It's a really cool effect. And though, even though we're in the real world, I think we're in the real world, there's some kind of dream logic still seem to be going on. We still have like mm. these flash of lights and a random singer, and we still have people talking backwards. I think for 25 years, people have been still trying to break the code, like break the code, solve the crime. Like, I don't know. Yeah. You know, but, but this is David Lynch. There's no breaking the code. Because I think even himself probably doesn't know what everything means. Yeah, you he know? goes with gut and he goes with feeling and that this just feels right. Yeah. And I think he does it, yeah. And I think it's cool. And I think everybody's interpretation is, like like he said before, like for Mohan Drive, yeah. is whatever you think is the, what it is. Right. And I have to believe this episode, it's like how you interpret it mm. is really, it makes it more personal. So you haven't seen Hawk in a while. And, it's, no. and, and uh, you know, you would think, hey, why doesn't Hawk follow Truman and Cooper to the whole... Uh, sycamore trees so in the script hawk and uh, major briggs actually go on a search for earl's cabin yeah because i think i think they're hoping that that would help them with clues and there's some interesting stuff that happens on the way to or windham earl's cabin major briggs and this is in the script of course the major briggs talks about that windham earl had drugged him mm -hmm. this is with the halop peridol he, he talks about that there's his senses have been um heightened his my sense my sense of senses shapes colors smells i'm bombarded yet as as if my brain were better able to interpret and define reality so this is what he's talking about by, because of what he was drugged with. And this same yeah. drug was what was used by Philip Gerard, the one-armed man. Yeah. Renette got IV uh, tainted. It was tainted, and that was put in there. Oh. Um, what else? I also... I also think, I mean, we'll have to talk about it at a later date. Wyndham Earl has done this to other people as well, and maybe to himself. So this drug, I mean, the idea is supposed to be for schizophrenia, but it seems to be heightened, and maybe it's... An illusion? It, an illusion, or maybe it actually heightens the whole spiritual realm of this 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 place. Wow, that's interesting. Yeah, and so then they get to the cabin, and they they bust into the cabin, and there's uh, Leo... And, and he's, you know, he's he's holding the rope with the spiders, and he says hi, and you all you and then you just hear a commotion and gunfire, and that's how it ends with Hawk, uh, Major Briggs, and wow. Leo. Again, this is not unseen Twin Peaks. This didn't happen in the show. Because in here, he's still holding that rope. Right. Twenty five years later, later he's, he's still, still there. Right. I've been waiting. But it's interesting to say, well, why haven't we seen Hawk? Well, in, at least in the script, he was busy off trying to figure out. Um, maybe get something from Earl's cabin. Yeah, and stuff. yeah, yeah. Before you press play, right now we have it paused at twenty eight forty six. It's fading from the bridge to the hole to the uh, circle. Yep. But if you look in the treetops, it looks like the pattern of the floor. Oh yeah, you're Isn't right. That kind of cool. That is pretty awesome. Are we? Get oh, you're That's right. That's the bridge. That is just the bridge. That's the bridge. But, but it it's the pattern yeah. of the floor with black and Chevron, white. The Chevron, the Chevron design. Yeah, yeah. That is pretty neat. You're so right. That's it's. It's like perfect timing. Yeah. But it's interesting that the bridge has always been something that we've seen a million times. Mm. We've seen it a lot. Maybe more than I'm even remembering. But yeah. it's interesting how it faded out, and we 
it all is there. Right. Because that bridge was where they found Renette. Uh, Renette. Well, Renette crossed the borders into Canada, and yeah. that's how Cooper got into this. Yep. But you realize, I mean, I think Caucus said it, and there's enough things that you realize we're kind of close to where things happened when mm-hmm. Laura Palmer was murdered and stuff. Like yeah. That, that, that I think uh, Hawk talks about finding the, the bloody note that said, Firewalk with me. me. And we, we're seeing that bridge, meaning that Renette ran away. And yep. we're, we're very close. We're close. Close. We're so close. So, yeah, now it's daytime, and Andy and Truman who are just kind of sitting around. This is a funny bit, huh? Yeah, it is good. And yeah, like he basically, we should just bring up the audio. Mm. Do you want a thermos of coffee? Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, the pacing of this. Do you want a plate special? Yeah. Do you want dessert? Yeah. <laughs> Do you want pie? I love it. Harry? Yeah, and he's just looking at the, the, the gateway there. Yeah, just, and just... I feel like that scene, like, you just wanted to keep going with him asking mundane <laughs> things. Do you want to fork with that? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and it just gets longer and longer, where Harry's just like, dude, just stop asking me questions. Go get the food. That's funny. So in the script, Andy asks him if he wants breakfast, and Truman says, no, he does not want breakfast. And and uh, Andy leaves to go to go to the car. And while Andy is gone, Truman sees a gleaming white shield appears and a silver sword. And he sees a woman. <laughs> and what? a woman. Yeah. No, I don't like that. I know. And, and this woman is. Uh, what can I say about this woman? She's like. I don't know if she's like medieval times or she's like in the in the era of of uh, King Arthur time or something. Like she's like. I don't know if she's. Oh my god! Who wrote that? <laughs> I don't know. I don't think... Okay. I will go on record as saying that would not have worked. I feel like that would have been like, what are you guys doing? Right. She's got a tall... uh, She's got a shield, a sword, a tall, dark woman wearing a glittering chain mail. No. And he's mesmerized mesmerized by it. And she's, I think she basically wants him to come into the Black Lodge and stuff. No, no, yeah. no. I don't, I don't think it would work yeah. either. It's like taking away. And it is never, never has that been brought up in Twin Peaks. No, right. And like you try to figure out what was the connection. Like is the idea that he's kind of like a bookhouse boy. He's a knight. And this is the... You know, the knight it, in shining armor kind of. Right. And this is his woman. And this is a strong woman. I don't, yeah, it doesn't make any sense. Yeah, we're really stretching to find ideas on that one. Again, it was the whole, maybe it's a connection to King Arthur and Glastonbury. That's true. Glastonbury Grove and stuff. think about that. I forgot about the King Arthur bit. That would make sense, but still, it still it would make away no from sense. The, yeah. yeah. But, but again, it's just, I, it seems like maybe the Lodge is playing games with people and trying to get them into the Lodge. Like you said, the original idea was to have it entice people mm-hmm. by um, using stuff they would like. So, or like it would entice them with something. So you write in that aspect, it would work. But I think in a visual aspect, I just don't see it. Right. It'd be very weird. So now Audrey is, is chaining herself to the bank. 
yeah, it's kind of like a silly thing right. because people still get in there. It's not like she chained, like, nobody can get in. Call the sheriff. <laughs> right. Tell every, call the news. It was just yeah. sort of like I'm chaining myself and nobody cared. Right. You know, <laughs> nobody yeah, the bank manager's like, huh? Like, he's another old man that, that, like, takes forever to do anything. Like, she asks yeah. for some water and he's like, Taking his time. time, and I remember first seeing this. It's like this is the last episode. We gotta go a little faster. <laughs> please, I can see that. Please yeah. walk faster. <laughs> and this whole thing, I mean, like she, he's gonna walk and get the water, then he's gonna turn back, and then he's gonna. I actually didn't. I think maybe this is the first time I thought about this, but he almost made me think of how Cooper's at, later on is gonna go through the Black Lodge, and he's gonna walk one way, and he's gonna walk back. And the bank manager's kind of doing that. He's like walking forward. I'm walking, walking back. back. Yeah, like, you're right. Both and I mean, Andrew and Pete are, have come with the key to yeah. find out what Thomas had put in, in yeah, in the bank lockbox. Lockbox, yes. And it is a bomb. It and is it a bomb. Blows up and kills them. So in the script, Catherine Martell shows up at the bank and she's hurries and, and she's hurrying in and she's you know she's saying, Andrew, you promised me, and she's oh. she's behind. She's not she's not with them. She's like. You know, she's probably like 30 feet away or at least. And she's like, you know, she's screaming at Andrew about, you know, why'd you do this and stuff. Yeah. And and then Audrey uh, looks up and she sees Catherine and she just gives a, flashes a winning memorable smile and then boom, boom, explosion. And I could see Audrey live through this because it would kill those two guys because they're in the vault yes. where she's strapped to... A door facing away. Right. And then, but the glasses, the bank manager's glasses go flying through the air. And then money. And then money. Money. Uh, Singles. Sherilyn Fenn even said that uh, she she thought she had lived back in the day. 25 years ago, she thought that. I think think they said that, yo, you'll be okay. Yeah. So now we're at the double R, and uh, we see Major Briggs and Mrs. Briggs kissing in a booth. Noodling in a booth. And then we have Bobby, who I have not seen in a uh, in his jacket in forever. He's been wearing suits. He's hanging out with Shelly. They want to get married. They want to get married. So I wonder if they're going to be married in the season three. Well, maybe, but right now she's married to Leo. Does something happen if I walk with me? (laughs) (laughs) But it's really cute. It's a great scene where they go, yeah, yeah. It's cute. Is Firewalk with me a sequel or prequel or both? You can Mm. tell me that. Can I? Yeah, sure. What what if our audience doesn't want to know? All right, don't. We won't know. I think it's. You can tell me off mic. All right. All right. Don't, 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 don't. I, I don't want to know. I ask questions sometimes. I don't want to know the answers. Yeah, we won't say in case somebody doesn't want to know. But it's the, the fact that you're asking those questions, those are good questions to ask. All right. At least I'm on a good path. I've, all right. So uh, guess who shows up? Heidi. Heidi was in the pilot of Twin Peaks. Oh. This exact scene happened. She walks in. And she says, "Oh, I, I, you know, I'm having trouble starting my car." And you know, they say, "Too busy jumpstarting the old man again." And this is like exactly. If we go back to the pilot, this whole scene happened. Like this, this is like they've wow. already said all this before. I wonder if Seinfeld got because Seinfeld did the same thing. Oh yeah. The very first episode and the very last episode, uh, they do a whole bit about the buttons, and it's exa- right. George and. Jerry. I remember that. And it's the exact same scene. And they did have a lot of cast members from Twin Peaks in the show. And I think we said Bobby does not look like he's hurt at all. No. He he looks normal. smashed with a log, but he's fine. They just gave us a quick shot of Leo, Leo, and we never see him again. Nope. That was it. That was it. That's just to say, hey, guys, Leo's still in trouble. (laughs) 
And <laughs> nobody if cares. cares. Yeah, if you care. So yeah, I mean, like I said, this is a scene that Lynch wrote. There was no double R diner in the script. Mm. And then who shows up but Sarah Palmer with Jacoby. And I, I think maybe we should bring up some audio Oh, for this. yeah, we do, because it's creepy. Excuse us. Jacoby has a cape on, too. Oh, yeah. He has a hood. He do a magic trick. I had a message for you that she he, thought was important. He has a hooded cape. <laughs> like the Guardian. Ah, that's true. Now that was interesting on the subtitling. It said Wyndham Earl's voice. Interesting. So that's Wyndham Earl's voice coming through Palmer's Isn't that crazy? Face. And I'm waiting for you. So here's the funny thing is for 25 years or so, or not 25, I mean for a long time, I really thought it was Bob. Like, I really thought Bob was kind of saying, like, he seems, like, so creepy. Yeah. But the more I thought about it now, more recent the adult me thinks about it, it's like, it seems like uh, that Wyndham Earl has been taunting everybody in this whole episode. So yeah. So it kind of makes sense that Wyndham Earl... It was Wyndham Earl. That d- is the one. And it makes sense because Wyndham Earl has a connection to Major Briggs through uh, Project Blue Book. Sarah Palmer... Uh, to use her as a conduit? Yeah, that's kind of interesting, right? And we kind of talked about there was there was hinting that there was something special about her. That, yeah. Oh, yep. still yeah, going, yeah. So still going. using that voice... And it's interesting that Jacoby was wearing... He, had a, he has a cape with a hood. Interesting. Yeah, that's really cool. It's very weird. I've never seen him with that on. Right. I didn't. I know. So, a thing I forgot to mention about that that whole bank scene was there was a guy who picked up the phone and said, "It's a boy. It's a boy." Do you remember? I don't know if you remember that, but there's a guy. Yeah. There's a a, a guard, a guard in the bank, and he picks up yes, the phone. And he's yes. Like, it's a boy. boy. It's a boy. But to me, it's like it's all about life and death, or death and life. Like the idea that like. A child has been born, and now everybody in the bank is dead. dead. I mean, like, but well, now we're in like this black corridor in the script, and it, it's like it's like a black and white version of the Great Northern. Mm-hmm. And um, there's a checkerboard floor, and Cooper runs into a version of himself dressed identically in every detail, and pretty much looks just like him. But I think he has black eyes and stuff. But it's a doppelganger. Doppelganger. <laughs> exactly. Yes. So, and at the same time, then he sees he sees Earl, and he kind of chases after Earl again yeah. in this this like hallway of the Great Northern kind of thing. So it's a, I love the Red Room. I love what they did with the TV version, and I'm so glad that Lynch took over and left it in, yeah. in this Red Room. Yeah. But it's interesting to see that they have interesting ideas in the script, right. but it's almost like it's not a good payoff. So, we're now in the red room, and this is where this is the the meat of the episode for me. This is like the yeah. best. Where we're now with the little man from another place, and Cooper sitting down. It's almost like this is where the dream was, right? This is where the where it all started. Yeah, it all started and ends. The I mean, same except way. he's old. He's an old man in the dream, and here he's young. And when you see me again, it won't be me. Mm-hmm. Well, I think he's talking. When you see me again, it won't be me. It seems like we see a doppelganger. We see another version of the mm-hmm. little man, and I'm guessing that's what he's he's talking about. Yeah. So maybe. In season three, it won't be the little man. It'll be someone else. <laughs> but it would be right. the same presence. Yeah. Yeah. Spirit or whatever. Yeah. And then he says, this is the waiting room. Like, so there's so many interpretations of this is the waiting room. Are we saying the room that you're physically in right now is the waiting room? Is this red room the waiting room? Are we not Are we not in the Black Lodge? Are we in the waiting room waiting to get to the Black Lodge? I mean, there's a lot of interpretations of this. This is the waiting room. 
I I would interpret it personally as this is the waiting room for the Black Lodge. And we're in the Black Lodge, and this is just one room. Yeah, maybe. maybe. Yeah, maybe because there's hallways, okay. and he got lost, and he kept going back into the waiting room. Yeah, and now he says, "Do you want some coffee?" And we've got some of your friends, friends here. here. And again, this is all. I mean, that we all these friends of Cooper's are all added by Lynch. That this was not in the original. We haven't seen Laura Palmer in a very long time. Obviously, yeah, very long time. I mean. Gosh, I can't remember. I mean, it's been so long. I mean, we had Maddie yeah. for a while there. And I do love that she's saying, I'll see you again in 25 years. And that was brought up in the European version. I mean, I guess the American version, I think they, they say that. or no, I don't know if they do. The European version had subtitles saying 25 years later in the in his dream. And yeah. Stuff. Just in time for 2017. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, pretty much. And then she does a pose like she's right. going to have like a product show up there. Yes. Meanwhile, and it's kind of like she's gone. Yeah, like... Like, she's holding that pose, and it's like, meanwhile, something else is happening. The waiter. And the waiter and the giant, they're like the same person. Right. Almost. And yeah. I think that's where the giant will sit down and, and say one and the same. My interpretation of that is one and the same is talking about this waiter guy. Yep. But yeah, I think they're one and the same. Even though the little man and the giant are sitting next together, some people think that the little man and the giant are one and the same. I don't interpret mm, that. I think mm. it makes perfect sense. Actually makes perfect sense to me that the giant is the spirit maybe inside the waiter, possibly, yeah. like kind of possessed, kind of like... They're dressed the same. Yeah. You know? They kind of look the same. And I think it's giving us that clue that those two are the same. Right. I always thought that even way back at the beginning of, of season two there, that when he showed up, it kind of made sense. Are, are we led to believe now that maybe it never was a dream, it was a vision? The vision that, that he was almost foretelling his future, maybe? Yeah, yeah. Yep, now he's going to drink some coffee. I wouldn't drink coffee in the Black Lodge. I just wouldn't. No, and it, it goes from like a solid to a coffee to a solid to a sludge. Sludge, yeah. And is it the oil? I, I don't yeah, know. Yeah, it looks interpret- like oil. It makes me think When he's sludging it, yeah. it's all, it's like an oil. Yep, have some scorch engine oil. Yeah, scorch <laughs> engine oil, which is black, like black coffee. Yeah. And he goes, wow, Bob, wow. And I'm like, wow, oh, Bob, wow. Are we going to see Bob? Bob's going to show up? <laughs> and I'm, the whole time I'm thinking is Major Briggs going to show up to rescue him. Right. When Sarah Palmer delivers the message, she says, I'm waiting for you. Yeah. So if anything, I think it kind of telling us the direction that season three could have gone, that maybe Major Briggs would have tried to rescue Cooper. Yeah. That'd be kind of cool. Yeah. And you got the fire, woman scre- just screaming. Yeah. Oh, it's creepy. <laughs> it's so creepy. So you got the lights going crazy, and Cooper's just kind of like, he's out of his element, but he's not freaking out. Right. He's sort of like, you know, what is this all about? We don't really have a big confrontation between Cooper and Earl in this episode. I mean, he'll no. meet at one point, and I kind of, we talked about episode 28, there was going to be this whole scene on the catwalk between Earl and Cooper, and they were going to have something. And in the script, there was this whole thing, too, where there was all these different sections of the Red Room. So we did eventually get to the Red Room, but it was kind yeah. of sectioned off. And you had, like, a kitchen. And you met Carolyn. And then you met Annie. And then you had another – and you had all these weird sec- – you had a section yeah. – we had a section where Earl was being interrogated by the police. And Earl basically said, yeah, I killed Carolyn and stuff. And so I guess it was kind of like to give us closure in these storylines that basically, yes – you know, yeah, didn't it, need it, that. It, it didn't need it. Didn't really no. work. And in the script, Earl's saying, "Oh, this is hell," and I don't even want to talk about the other place. Which, 
the you know it's probably the White Lodge, which he's kind of representing as heaven and stuff. Yeah. But he's thing he still feels like this is a place of power, and that's what he wants. And then Cooper, I mean, he says to Cooper about a deposit, and he basically needs something from Cooper. At one point, we we get to a dentist office. And this is another section what? of the White. Yes, and there's this dentist chair. And what is being called the throne. And I think that Earl wants to be considered a king. And he thinks in a way that this this chair is his throne. And he, the only way he can become king is if he can get something out of, out of uh, Cooper. Is Cooper on the dentist chair? I think he does at some point get on there. Yes, he says. So in return for, for the, the best seat in the house, they want something in return. Guess what? Volunteers offered no strings attached by its own operator, the soul of a good human being. Naturally, something I... I'm in very short supply of. That's where you come in. And I think we talked about this as we were wedding, getting ready to do this show. That yeah. like, like you need you need somebody that is pure and good, like Cooper. And that's yep. and and so this is in the script. This is where Winnem Rose basically saying, "I need you, your soul, because you're you're good and you're yeah, yeah pure." He's so, and he's in return, so I'll I'll be all powerful and I can. Oh my lord! Run with, a, with a dentist chair. Yes. <laughs> And I'll continue talking about that as That's we silly. as we go along. Yeah. But yeah, Cooper is going in the TV show here. Cooper is going back and forth. You're going it's the wrong way. Wrong way. And yeah, uh, he's going back the way he came. Right. And so he runs into Laura, but she's she's got white eyes. The white and eyes she's start screaming. Taking and yeah. It's it's a priest. Spooky. I, I, while we were watching it, you, you were saying how, like, you're going to have bad dreams. Yes. It's so creepy. And interesting that when she does actually freak out, at one point, we see a split image of Wyndham Earl's face. Like, if just for, like, a, a second, oh, we yeah, see Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know. So I don't know if that's what to lead us to believe that Wyndham Earl is actually doing all this. Manipulating like, everything. Manipulating everything. Mm. I always kind of thought these spirits were doing it on their own, but that image makes you wonder if Wyndham Earl is kind of yeah. trying to manipulate Cooper and freak him out. Yep. And then we see he's bleeding. And I think that's the same wound that he got when he was in P- Pittsburgh with the whole Carolyn died thing. So... He's kind of track. He 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 sees that he's bleeding, and then he kind of follows his his bloody tracks back. Keeps going back and forth. Back. Yeah. Well, he sees himself with Annie. Well, Caroline. Both, right? That, so that's again a manipulation. You see that you see Carol. Yeah. Caroline, and then and all of a sudden Annie. it's Annie, and you don't know what to. Believe. And he's like, "I'm not Annie. I'm Caroline. Right. I'm I'm alive. I'm al- Annie's alive. Yeah. And it's so creepy. And uh, Winter Merle basically. Comes out and says, "Will you? She'll live if you sacrifice yourself." Right. It he stabs says, yeah. him. Yeah. Is that the same kind of stab that he he stabbed Cooper? I believe Pittsburgh? so. Right. Yeah. yeah. So he sees a little man on the floor and he says, "Doppelganger." Yeah. The word "doppelganger" is a German um, is German and literally means double walker, as in a ghost or shadow of yourself, evil twin. And the evil twin of Cooper shows up as a shadow first. Yeah, it's a shadow. That's true. That's pretty awesome. Isn't it's a it? shadow right, behind right. him, running sporadically. Yeah. as Cooper already walked off stage, uh, walked off the camera right. shot, and you see this crazy shadow. And I was like, "Oh, what is that?" And it's crazy Cooper. That's crazy. LittoryDevices.net also says sometimes the conflict is inner one, where the character tries to understand himself by understanding his doppelganger and stuff. Mm. So I don't think we're gonna get into it this episode, but it'd be interesting to look at like, psychology yeah, and yeah. look at this episode again another day to try to look at is this really all about Cooper and his many different states? I think yeah, we should say yeah. that discussion for another that. episode. Yeah, and the whole. He, he finds Annie, and she talks about, I, I saw the man who killed me. And then it, you're just like, is this Annie? Is this Carolyn? Is like, who is this? And 
It's definitely messing with Cooper. I'm alive. Yeah. You give me your soul, soul I'll let and you live. Yeah, so so it, this is kind of similar to the script where he's kind of trying to get Cooper's soul. Yeah. And I just want to finish up the script, and I'm pretty much done with the script, and I'll just say that, like, so in this whole dentist office scene that is an area of the red room, there's this whole play out of trying to get soul, and that a dentist shows up. We don't know who the dentist is. He shows up with a syringe, and it actually ends up being Killer Bob. What? Yes, I know. And, yeah. he, and he says he broke the rules. It really is no good if you don't volunteer. And so he's saying you can't you can't coerce Dale into trying to give you your soul. He has to do it with free will. Yeah. So, but he says, you know, of course, that doesn't mean we have to let him go. And he has the syringe and he's about to stab Cooper. And just as he's about to, to do that, a hand reaches and stops him. And it's Laura Palmer. And so Bob, Bob is alarmed, and there's a sound of two uh, energies colliding, and there's a white light fills the room, and that's the last we say, see of the red room. And then the, basically the rest of the scene of Cooper and Annie out in the the woods, and that whole, everything else plays out the same. But in that in the, in their in the yeah. script they have Bob as a dentist. I do not like that. I do not like that one bit. I no. think Bob is his creepy entity he's not a he dentist. dentist I know they're trying to do like a scare a way of scaring and I think they're using this idea of a syringe to try and say like how to take his soul and stuff but it's awful I don't yeah it's it's so like like we'll try to come up with weird metaphors just yeah. to be weird where this is like it brings you back full circle to the beginning and it has more meaning I think like that right. would have been just kind of cliche yeah you're scared of dentists, right? Right. You know, um, and Earl. So Earl does stab Cooper in the TV show, and but then all of a sudden the fire and, and it explodes, explodes and it, it goes backwards, and all of a sudden Bob shows up. Because Bob is in him. I'm assuming Bob has control of which we've known. Wonder Merle is a crazy guy. We should talk about that sometime. I don't yeah. know. I've never thought that, but I think that would be an interesting th- conversation to have. Whether it was Bob. He has him. evil in him. Oh yeah, which Bob could represent. True. I've always thought, but but right. Wonder Merle, I think it's too much evil. Yeah, maybe it's too much evil for Wonder Merle. <laughs> he doesn't right. like he can handle he it. He can't handle it. And he says, you know, he, he tell, Bob tells Cooper to go. He's wrong. And, and he says, yeah. And he, says, he can't ask for your soul, but I can have his. Right. And I love the effect of the fire coming out of his head. Yeah, that's crazy. And that's cool. I think that's the end of Wonder Merle. Yeah. So Wonder Merle. He takes his soul. And well, Bob Mer- takes w- Bob takes Wonder Merle's yeah. soul, and that's it. He's done. Right. Yeah, that was cool. I, I love the fire and, oh, effects. Oh yeah. And so, and Cooper's just watching and staring, and and I don't know. I mean, I think it's too much for him. Yeah, it's like he's taking it all in. He's like in a trance. Right. And he know? finally backs out and and starts, you know, leaving the room. Better than a dentist scene. Yes, much better than dentist. And then yeah. you're saying, right? There's, there's a, a shadow. The, shadow, the doppelganger, doppelganger comes shadow, as a crazy right. shadow, and it's crazy Cooper. The, the evil twin. And now here, the true duality of having two Coopers. I mean, and then the Cooper and Bob laughing at each other. Yeah, and like, it's so Oh, it's so creepy. creepy. You got the white eyes. Yeah. And then Cooper's walking down. I mean, it's funny he's just walking. I, why aren't you running? Why aren't you... <laughs> He runs into Leland, Leland. Palmer. You want to bring up Audie real yeah, quick? Yeah, he's got black hair. He says he didn't kill anybody. I feel like he's mocking. I don't. I don't think he's like, 
I'm really innocent. I feel like he's doing it in a mocking manner that, yeah. like, of course I killed him, but, like, I'm, you know. His soul was stolen by Bob because he died. Yeah. So his, his, he lives on as this crazy lunatic in the, the, the lodge. Yeah. Or, like, the evil self or who knows. Yeah. And then Cooper, uh, the uh, bad Cooper comes and stares at Leland and they, and they laugh. laugh together. Yeah. It's so creepy. It's kind of cool to see Leland. Yeah, it was great. To, again, Lynch brings him back. I mean, yeah. that was not part of the script. So it's cool to have, have all these characters come back to the show. And he actually finds a room Family that's reunion. empty. Yeah. Uh, and the, another the running, empty yeah. room. I oh, love that I love the bad Bob. Cooper kind of looks into the camera. And yeah. <laughs> so he's chasing him through every right. room. So there's different theories. One theory is are they is he running away from them or are they are they both trying to run to see who can get out first? I mean there's there's different theories. That's on a that. good theory. I like yeah. that. Because there's Bob looking into it. Um Bob looks You're at right her. because No, I well yeah, I think Cooper needs to get out. Yeah. And I think that theory works both ways. I think the crazy Cooper wants to catch him. Right. To take over. And I think that could be metaphor as he wants to get out. Yeah. The evil Cooper wants out. So I guess that middle four works on both levels. It works totally. on like he's catching him to stop him from getting out so he can be he can come out and play. Yeah. You know? So the the good Cooper is gonna be stuck in the lodge and he can't escape because the evil one got out. And you can't have in reality, you can't have two Coopers. Mm. Leland was evil, but then he pretended to be good. Or yeah, it's complicated. Whatever though. we it's, think, right? It's complicated. Yeah. I mean, I think we need to we need to look into this further in a future yeah. episode. Is is Cooper possessed by Bob? Or I think it, so. Maybe. I mean, I thought that twenty five years ago. I don't know anymore. I think I it's like um, the Black Lodge makes a doppelganger. Yeah. Of your polar opposite. Right. So it'd be evil, the yeah. evil version of you, and Dale Cooper's evil version. Not Bob per se, but Bob. Maybe Bob's the one that creates the evil. Bob is the evil that, that all men, men that yeah. men do. Right. So I guess Bob is a metaphor for evil. Yeah. Yeah. Totally. Yeah. And maybe that good side can appear. Like I'm sure Leland had a good part of him that came out. Right. But the evil overpowered it. Yeah. So Cooper's back in the, the Great Northern. And he says he's got to go brush his teeth. Yeah, we're going to bring audio. He's, he's asking about how's Annie doing. He's got the toothpaste. Now, Ben, when we go, when we're in a hotel together, <laughs> this is how I brush my teeth anyway. I squeeze the entire tube into the sink. I remember seeing this. It's like, what is wrong with him? Why is he? I, I had no clue when I saw this. Like, I was like, why is he doing this? Yeah, this is un... Well, evil men squeeze the tube from uh, the middle, not from the end and push down. That's it. So... Bob's really taking control. And I love the fact that they had him on the other side. Yeah, Bob is on the other Cooper. side. He smashes his head, and in the mirror is Bob. So we, we are led to believe he's being possessed by... Evil. Bob, evil. evil Bob, right. or... And he starts mocking. It's so creepy. And you were like, this is the end. I mean, think How about me, 60-year-old Ben here. Uh, yeah. It's like, How's no, this Andy? can't be the end of the show. This can't be the How's end. How's Annie? How's Annie? How's Annie? So that's how I brush my teeth, Ben. So when you wake up, I'm going to be like, how is Annie? <laughs> <laughs> oh man! You're gonna creep. I'm gonna creep I, you out. I'm not. Like, I'm not going to the Great Northern. I mean, yeah. great <laughs> I'm not going to the Great Southern Festival because I'm scared of Brian. Brian. How is Annie? And then it, it does. It ends with the cup of coffee. Cup of coffee. 
this is the credit scene here. And with Laura Palmer showing right. up in the reflection. Right. And look, definitely we can see the floor. So we're in the red room. Red room. And that's the coffee that Cooper was holding. Yep. Um, and she's got an evil grin. Oh, creepy, man. Creepy, so creepy, 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 creepy. She plays creepy well. And you wonder what Lynch was thinking when he decided to do that shot. Like, we love coffee. We love Laura Palmer. but Well, Laura Palmer is alive and well in the Black Lodge. Yeah. It's a great show. I mean, it was a great yeah. ending. And I'm so happy finally I've seen it just in the nick of time. Yeah. So when I get to talk to everybody at the fest. You'll know what's going I on. I know what's going uh, on finally. Brian, don't say anything. Brian has not seen the episode yet. So yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm excited <laughs> that you're there. It's been a year that we've been doing this show. And now you, you get to basically have, you know you know everything about the show. We still have a movie to do. But you have a, a full knowledge pretty much of what the TV show yeah, was like. Yeah, so, and yeah. And I'm glad we basically watched it twice today. Yep. And stuff that there's a lot going on, I always watch more than once. And this mm. is an episode I will probably watch a couple more times. Definitely, yeah. Um, and I would like to watch the whole series again. Again, minus those bad episodes to give me that full because it's been so long. Yeah, and I do forget minor details because it there's huge gaps. And there's so much information. There's so many characters, so many plots. I mean, yeah, it is hard to keep track of it all. And if so, I would I binge watch it over a weekend, I would like know yeah. it all, remember it all. Right. But it would just be big mush as one <laughs> big movie. Um. So where do we go from here? I mean, like we have Joe Bacco on, and we just go like we just dig in. Yeah, we just dig in. We so just dig in. We're gonna. We're hoping. We're hoping next week to have some. Uh, the show to be about the, the Great Southern. We're yes. hoping to share with you that. I know we want to have uh, Joel on. We're gonna do Firewalk with Me movie. Yeah. We'll probably break break that up into a couple episodes. And yeah, I mean, I think we're gonna keep on going towards uh, the new show new series, and we'll probably do some Lynch films. We'll probably get to that. So yes. we. We have plenty to still cover, and I think we'll always we'll always be sprinkling in uh, Twin Peaks. There's always stuff to talk about. And we got about. the Dale, we got the book on Dale. We got the Dale Cooper book still yes, to do. So we, we still have got do so that. much. And you know, we've just started we've unwrapping just started. Twin Peaks. That's right. It's like, almost like we got a whole new beginning. We've got a, a yeah. whole brand, a new start. You're on the same page. You're no longer a newbie. Yeah. I should have I should have brought you a plaque or, or an award <laughs> saying you are now officially. Uh, Congratulations. Since it's the 25th anniversary of the last episode, why not have some friends talk about this show? Joel Bacco, guy who does Journey Through Twin Peaks. Well, I think with episode 29, it's really, if you look at the mythology of Twin Peaks, like what people actually talk about and refer to and have theories about, it's almost entirely in the finale and Firewalk with me. Mm. Um, if you take those two pieces out, you have almost nothing. And mm. it's really funny because it's a 30-episode show, and some people never even made it to the final episode. Some people, not that many, I think most people love it, but some people don't like the final episode, mm. certainly don't like the film, and it's like, okay, that's really the mother load of the mythology is, yeah. is in those two parts, that half hour in the Black Lodge, and then stuff scattered throughout the film is like everything yep. as far as, as I'm concerned. Now, that doesn't mean there's not a ton of foundation that's put in before that, and we'll talk about that in the in the other episode. But the 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 goods, the the, the delivery of it is is right there when, when Cooper parts those red curtains and walks walks through them, you know. Yeah. That's where it really all begins in a way, even though it's the ending. Realize the red room was the black lodge. That's the funny thing. I can't remember my feelings about that, was I surprised? In fact, the, the only thing I can tell you is I watched the series three or four times before it really occurred to me that that was a twist. Mm. Um, or at least, unless maybe I thought that the first time and forgot it. But some, I was going back and reading those um, 
using that message board from 1990 because I was mm. researching the show a lot for my videos. And somebody said something that really struck me. They said, the first half of the show is about Laura and the second half is about the Lodge. And I just thought, huh, that's interesting. Like, it hadn't really occurred to me yeah. that when they're in the Red Room in Episode 2 and when they're analyzing all the dream clues, there's no Lodge. They never mention it, mm-hmm. never brought up. It's just not part of the show. And then when the Lodge comes in, Laura's kind of out. So it's almost as two different shows yeah. in a weird way. And I think what Lynch starts to do with episode 29, and we'll get into it more with Firewalk with me, is he's taking these two different shows and joining them together. Mm, yeah. um, so you really... And Laura was in the script, but I think he uses her... He certainly uses her more than the script did, and in a sort of a more interesting way. Um and then he, also the the big thing is really just taking the Red Room and making that the Lodge. That wasn't what was planned. It it was going to be seen briefly in the Lodge, but it wasn't. It was just like, oh, well, we're taking you on a highlights reel of totally. Twin Peaks. And we got to show the Red Room for a second or two. Yeah. But so it's not cool. really going to be the, a big thing. And he was like, it, Lynch's take, you know, apparently was, well, no, but we've got to make the Lodge like equal to like it is the red room the yeah. red room is the lodge and and basically bring the show full circle and i think that's what he does with so many elements of episode 29 with the characters he brings back with the using the red room i mean even the final shot of the movie i believe actually this was in the or i'm sorry not in the movie of the of the show um i believe this was in the script actually that cooper looks in the mirror uh, he didn't smash his head in the script, mm. but you know he looks in the mirror. So that's something uh, give credit where due that I think Frost and Peyton and Engels thought up. But the show begins with the mirror. It begins with Josie looking in the mirror. Right. So you really are coming full circle there, yeah. and, and that's why episode. That's one of many reasons why episode twenty nine is so effective, because it it makes the show f- begin to feel whole again. Mm. It's gone very far astray, and even when it recovered, it was going in a different direction. And Lynch comes back, and it's like it's it's very, very, very different from the pilot, but it it connects to it. Yeah, totally. And that's what's so brilliant. Awesome, Joel. Well, thank you so much, and we'll have you on in a few weeks, and we'll get into more detail about this episode and the mythology. And I can't wait to talk to you more about this. Maya, the Twin Peaks fanatic. I think it's one of the best of the whole series. I mean, I think uh, it's not one of the best, and uh, quite a cliffhanger that we're left with there for going into the new season yeah a 25 year <laughs> cliffhanger <laughs> i didn't see that when it originally aired i i think maybe it was like the mid 90s mm-hmm. i acquired the vhs set and that's when i got to have my my first binge on twin peaks and i finally saw the finale because where i had left off i left off where maddie got killed when it originally aired and wow. i never saw anything after that but when i saw the finale I was like, oh my goodness, because I was so fascinated with Laura's story, but then where what happens to Dale, it kind of kills you not to know what, what becomes of him from there. So yeah. it does kind of seem like the whole 25 years later thing is interesting. I mean, I, I don't know if that was could have been something that they masterfully planned from the very beginning, but I do think Laura has to come back to save Dale. Hmm. I don't know if that's because it has to be at a certain point in time. There's that time where where Saturn and Jupiter meet, yeah. and there's this time mm-hmm. when that's when the opening of the door to the Black Lodge is. And you just kind of make you wonder, it's like, okay, is it 25 years later that all these things are realigned? And that's a good maybe point. that's when you can rescue Cooper there. I kind of think so. Or maybe they'll just use that <laughs> as an excuse for why it's so many years later. That could be kind of interesting, you know. 
and I definitely think she has to be the one to get Dale out of the Black Lodge. Is Audrey alive in of season three? Course, of yeah. course. Yeah. Of course. I think that that thing she was, the ball thing probably saved her. So. Yeah, that's saved what I thought, from the too. Bus. <laughs> I think the new accounts lady is the best, funniest moment of the, personally, in the bank uh, when she's sleeping with oh, Del yeah. Midler. That's hilarious. That yeah. is- <laughs> <laughs> I like how they return to the beginning, though. I think that was kind of... Kind yeah. of cool how yeah. you know, with Heidi and I like that too. Starting the old man. Yeah, the callback. Uh, <laughs> having new, having people we haven't seen forever. Just oh, I haven't been to work in forever. <laughs> <laughs> yes, it's slow. It's slow there. So, do people think like Cooper is possessed by evil, mm-hmm. or is it a doppelganger? I personally always felt it was his doppelganger that was released mm. because Hawk to Hawk. To, Tells him earlier in the season that if he, you know, doesn't face his doppelganger with courage, it'll utterly annihilate your soul or what yeah. have you. But oh yeah, his yeah. shadow, shadowy self there. Yeah, yeah, totally. And he runs from his doppelganger in mm. the Black Lodge. So I, and it kind of seems like, and they have that struggle by the curtains, and I think that's where the doppelganger gets out and Dale gets trapped. He didn't face it; he ran away. Yes. And so what's new with you? Are you still working on some blog posts? Or what have you been up to related to Twin Peaks? Well, I mean, I'll always, um, <laughs> I'm a bit behind you guys, but I'm up to episode 12. I'll be putting that out probably next week. Hmm. But, I'll, you know, I recapped maybe one a month, and then I'll be working on a few other things. I think I'm going to do a review of the Twin Peaks, the access guide to the town. Nice. And if I'm feeling daring, I may try to do a thing about Deadly Premonition, the video game. Ah, that'd be fun. (laughs) Yeah. But mostly um, right now, probably just that. And then if I get myself to the festival this year, I'll probably put something up on the blog about that as well. Cool. This will be my first time, so I'm pretty excited. Awesome. Thank you. And any way uh, for people to get a hold of you on social media? At Twin Peaks uh, Fanatic on Facebook, at Twin Peaks Blog on Twitter, or... uh, TwinPeaksFanatic.blogspot.com for the actual blog. Cool. Cool. Thank you. All right. Thank you. Thanks, guys. Yeah. John Thorne, who just uh, wrote the Essential Wrapped in Plastic Pathways to Twin Peaks book. I think my first impression was it was mesmerizing and completely captivating Hmm. and tremendously, tremendously sad. Yeah. Because it's... ended with the cliffhangers that we knew at, at that we knew that the show had been canceled. Mm. So we knew uh, that we probably weren't going to get resolution, at least on TV. Yeah. We were all hoping, you know, maybe it'll go to HBO. Maybe it'll go, maybe there'll be a film. No one knew at that point. Right. So completely captivating. I mean, just edge of your seat, engrossing. And then that ending was devastating. So I think I was numb. Yeah. Honestly, I think I was numb afterwards, having seen something so brilliant and yet also thinking I may not see ever, ever see anything like that again. Oh, close. You surely were wrong about that. Yeah. <laughs> what did you experience with Cooper going to the Black Lodge? And then did he come out? And- There's a whole chapter in the book uh, uh, about the last act of the last episode. It's mm. called Half the Man He Used to Be, uh, uh, Dale Cooper in the Red Room. Um and you know it was it was confusing what was going on in in that last part of the episode for for many many maybe 
for years. Mm. Um, you know, there was a lot of controversy over, well, he, there were two of them. There was a good Dale and there was a bad Dale. Right. And, and then there was also Bob, but, but Cooper was split in two. You know, it was confusing. And then um, the next big thing that happened was uh, the book Lynch on Lynch, uh, Chris Rodley uh, edited and did a, a lengthy series of interviews mm. with David Lynch on all his works. And Lynch was very explicit in that book. And then that's really almost the sort of the master key to unlocking it, where David Lynch literally says, I quote him in the book, um, in my book, he says, you know, that's not the ending that we, we Cooper is not possessed by Bob. Wow. Part of him is with Bob. No, 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 no. It's not Cooper possessed. Mm. It's Cooper with in or in alliance with Bob. The good Cooper uh, is is in um, is still in the lodge. And then the, the last thing uh, that really, really obscure, I'm not sure how many people out there have seen this, but the Japanese Laserdisc versions of Twin Peaks were released hmm. sometime in the 90s, I can't remember. Along with one of those sets was a mini Laserdisc that came with it. Wow. And it was basically a Japanese... I guess we could say it was a fan production, but it was somebody who was serious about Twin Peaks. They put this thing together. It was officially released in Japan. And what it did was it mapped out Cooper's movements through the Red Room hmm. in that last episode. And it did it almost in fast forward. You almost had to freeze frame it to kind of get what they were doing. But when I saw that, uh, I realized that my impression of what happened to Cooper was was wrong. I, I had always sort of thought he went deeper and deeper and deeper into the red room, that he went into a room, mm. then he went into a second room, then he went into a third room and a fourth room and a fifth room. But when you watch the show and you see this little Japanese thing, hmm. he goes into a room, then he goes back to the first room, then hmm. he goes back to the second room, then he goes back to the first room. Each room changes as he goes, mm. things change. But it was sort of the seesaw effect. And to me, that was somewhat telling, I, you know, sort of use that as a, um, as an argument for what I think happens in, in, in that uh, last act is that there's a seesawing happening. There's a back mm. and forth and that he's dividing as it yeah. happens, splitting into two. Right. So those were, those were all the accumulated clues over the years that followed the last episode that I think kind of gave me anyway, a more definitive feel for what happened. In, in the last episode, last act of the last episode. Something, and, and, and I think a lot of people, even today, 25 years later, still think of Cooper as being possessed by Bob. I think we'll have right. to revisit. And I read some of your work, of course, in Wrapped in Plastic magazine, and you really did nail it and really say that, hey, that's not probably what happened and stuff. And you're right, you're giving the clues of what, what, what really did happen to Cooper. So it's fascinating. It's yeah, funny. you know, it's interesting. And I, I said this too in the, in the essay. Um, you know, I, I'd always thought that um, the the quote-unquote bad Cooper was chasing the good Cooper hmm. uh, in, in the last episode. But looking at it in that slightly different way, um, I believe, and I, I said it in the book, is that they were race, the two Coopers were racing to get out. Yeah. And only one was going to get out. And so the bad Cooper overtakes the good Cooper, yeah. and he gets out. Isn't that something? And as Annie says, the good Cooper's trapped. Wow. And I think Lynch was fundamentally unhappy with the conflict that was scripted for Cooper, mm. which was sort of Cooper against this sort of external force, which was Wyndham Earl, external uh, antagonist. And for Lynch, and you look at all his movies, 
What Lynch likes is the internal conflict that occurs inside a character. That the character is fighting, you know, fighting such a such a simple word, but struggling mm. with their 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 self. That they're, you know, incapable of kind of you know coming to a a, a balance or a point where they where they know what's right. Ultimately, what he wanted to do in that episode was put Cooper up against himself rather mm. than Cooper against Winterbottle. Well, thank you, John, for your time. And, and, and again, I, I tell people you got to check out the Essential Wrapped in Plastic Pathways to Twin Peaks book. And it has that whole essay in there about this and a lot of great interviews, discussions about deleted scenes. Really excellent book. Thank you, John. Uh, thanks a lot, Dan. I really appreciate it. Francine, The Lucid Dream. My mind was absolutely blown. Um, I mean, we, we had seen little hints of the Black Lodge and everything that goes on there, but this was beyond, like, just, just seeing... Um, Seeing Cooper in the Black Lodge was oh, yeah. was and still is haunting. I still cannot believe that this was on network television mm. back then. I can't believe. I mean, it would be weird to have it on now. It is weird to be on it there is now. True. So I, I mean, it it Twin Peaks has always been like considered groundbreaking, but I think this episode in general. It, I mean, it it's so nonlinear. It's so it's very it's confusing, but still manages to tell a very emotional story, which is. I think what David Lynch is most talented at. Totally. So you you run the Pink Room, and have mm-hmm. you guys ever used any elements from the last episode, the Red Room, or anything like that in in your yes. performances? Yeah. yeah. I so it's uh, the Pink Room David Lynch burlesque, which I've been doing for over five years, and actually the very very first act that I ever did, uh, inspired by David Lynch, was uh, a tribute to that last scene, which wow. was. Um, uh, I sing sycamore trees. Ah, oh, that's awesome. So, um, and I actually was I f- very lucky that I had a chance to meet um, legendary uh, little Jimmy Scott, who performed that in the last really? episode, who's incredible. Wow. Yeah, he did this show at uh, Dwayne Park in New York City a couple years ago before he passed. Um, mm. And it was a very small venue. It was a venue that, I, you know, they actually have a lot of burlesque there normally. So I was lucky to get a ticket. Um because I knew about it, um, it sold out, and it was he. Um, he didn't sing "Sycamore Trees," but he sang some beautiful, haunting songs. Mm-hmm. Um, and I got to meet him and take a picture with him, and it was wonderful. So that was really inspiring to me. But yeah, so the first act I did was singing "Sycamore Trees," while of course it's burlesque, so there's a striptease element. Second act I did, which was I do usually two or three acts per show, uh, was my Laura Palmer number. Uh, I didn't actually want to, do, I didn't choose to be the Laura Palmer in the show, but no mm. one else chose Laura. And I was like, I can't do a Twin Peaks show without a Laura Palmer. So yeah. I did a uh, Laura Palmer. Um, and I, I took a lot of the elements from that last episode and put it in the act. Well, thank you, Francine, for your time and, and sharing with us your experience uh, with, with the last episode, episode 29. Thank you so much. It's been great talking to you. I hope to come back soon. Lindsay Bowden, she's the uh, organizer of the Twin Peaks UK Fest. So the final episode for me um, is kind of bringing it, I mean, it's no secret that most fans think that series two kind of dips in the middle of it. And to me, it kind of comes back up towards the end and the pinnacle. And in fact, the last episode is actually my favorite episode of the whole, the whole series, the whole mm. series. But for me, that last episode is it brings back that wonderful Lynchian goodness. We get to really go inside the Black Lodge. You know, I I, li- I love the fact that it ends on cliffhanger like that, and mm. I think it's actually part of the show's sort of uniqueness and, and slight romanticism, if you like, the fact that it ended the way it did. 
um, I almost don't want to know what happened <laughs> because yeah. I love the fact that it ended like that, you know. Um, but uh, but I think it just because sort of you had David Lynch back at the helm sort of thing, I think it just brought everything back to the sort of pinnacle of peak season. If that makes totally. sense. Oh, it does. It does makes perfect sense. Yeah. I like the fact that Ronnie Pulaski comes back. I've always liked that mm. about episode 29, actually. Yeah. It's the fact that she kind of goes throughout season two. You don't really see what happens to her. And then she comes back again. And I, I actually kind of really rate Phoebe as an actress. And, and you know, we had her at the fest in 2012. She's actually one of my favorite characters. Mm. Um, and, and as a person, you couldn't want to meet a better person. She's fantastic. Um, so I really like the fact that the kind of original elements of the series come back into it. Um, and the kind of original sort of Laura Palmer, you know, scorched engine oil smell that, that Phoebe smells in that mm. scene. I like the fact that it kind of brings it back to basics a bit as well. Yeah, I really love that too. Yeah. And, and like, that's something where it wasn't in the script and David Lynch is the one that's bringing some of these actors back and he's rewriting the script and saying, hey, let's bring in Renette and let's, yeah. let's bring in the oil. And it's really, it's a great scene. And I agree. She's, she's a great actress. Yeah, yeah, she is. But, um, but no, it's a really, it's a, it, like I say, it's my favourite episode, actually. It's just, um, I just think there's so many magical moments in it. You know, we get to explore the Black Lodge. We can mm. kind of find out what different characters have been, you know. I just, um, and there's so many of the iconic images and scenes and references are in that final episode, you know. The oh, entrance yeah. of the Black Lodge, how you go, all of that. I just think it's marvellous. Mm. It is marvellous. That was very British of me, wasn't it? Marvellous. <laughs> how is the pre preparation for the UK Fest going? It's going really, really well, actually. We're very busy this end. Um, lots of meetings and things going on, chatting to lots of uh, potential guests. And we do have two very, 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 very strong interests. In fact, they pretty much said yes, but they don't want to be confirmed or announced just yet. That's great. And I think when we last spoke, we didn't even know the first guest. We, uh, it was a mystery. We knew that it was the uh, One-Eyed Jacks. And uh, and we knew something about the I think yeah there was some mysteries a clue, but it was yeah. actually uh, Chris um, Mulkey uh, Hank Jennings yes yes yeah so yep. so Chris is coming over which we're really pleased about because we've wanted to come for a while awesome and w so when do you think that uh, the fans will get to find out the next guest in the next well, month well I mean to be honest with you um, it's kind of I mean I'm ready to announce basically because I'm so excited. Um, but uh, until that person is wanting to be announced, we, we, we have to respect that and we can't announce them. So it could be tomorrow, it could be next week, or it might be a month away. Okay, understood. Wow. And how is your book coming along? Book's great, really, really great. We've done all the um, photography for the cookery book now, and I put on about uh, two stone in a week from eating all the food. Um, it's looking really beautiful, actually, and I'm really pleased with it, and I'm hoping it's going to be something the fans really like. And what I want it to be is a real keepsake for them. So as well as all the recipes, you've got a lot of craft stuff in there, like how to host your own Twin Peaks dinner party or how mm. to dress it like your favorite character. Um, so there's lots of kind of bits and pieces for you to do in there as well. Awesome. Nice. Do you, I, do you have a date yet? Do you know when it's coming out? Yep. So uh, the cookery book is going to be published uh, in November. And uh, it's being published both here in the UK by Octopus Books, who come under Mitchell Beasley Publishers. And then HarperCollins are going to publish it in the stage, which is really exciting. Awesome. Lindsay, thank you so much for your time. I'm really excited to hear more about the UK Fest, hopefully in the next month or so. Yeah. And uh, in your book. I can't yeah. wait to get well, your book. Thank you. We actually had a great meeting this morning with uh, the publishers that are going to be publishing Mark Frost's book over here in the UK. Mm. And uh, and it's super exciting because we're actually going to be selling it at the festival now. And there's going to be some other things happening as well, which I can't talk about right now. Oh, um, wow. But it's going to be great. So the book is going to be very present at the festival, put it that way. Very wow, nice. Very cool. Nice. Yeah. 
It's going to be good fun. Awesome. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you, Lindsay. You're very welcome, guys. Brad Dukes, uh, author of Reflections and Oral History of Twin Peaks. I think it was just a strange time because a lot of people were just a little disillusioned with, you know, the production and the reception Mm. of the show after uh, Laura Palmer's Killer was revealed. Mm. And Lynch hadn't directed an episode since that. So he was kind of coming back and... I think this is the most important episode of Twin Peaks, especially as mm-hmm. it stands, you know, here today. I don't think, and this is just my opinion, but I don't think Firewalk with Me happens. I don't think season three happens without that magical, magical uh, season two finale. I agree. Yeah. Yeah. I quit watching Twin Peaks when I was little because I was so scared uh, of it. When uh, Bob killed Maddie, spoiler mm-hmm. alert, sorry. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, and so I didn't actually see the finale until 1998 when I bought the VHS set at the mall. And I mean, I think sometimes it gets lost in all the times I've seen this episode, but I just remember going back the first time experiencing it, being so confused, so mm-hmm. overwhelmed. And I just remember, you know, uh, Pal McLaughlin's laughing into the mirror and mm-hmm. the credits roll. And I mm-hmm. just felt like can't be it you're telling me that's it it can't end like this yeah <laughs> yeah totally and that's what sticks with me and you know ever since with every single viewing of this episode my my opinions and thoughts about how the whole world of twin peaks works will change every time i watch it i pick mm. up on something or i get a new thought and i think maybe it works this way maybe it doesn't <laughs> so it's true it's the best episode i love it Awesome. So you want to share with us, you're going to be going to the Great Southern soon. What, can you give us a preview of, you're going to be on two panels. Yeah, yeah. I believe there's a, a writer's panel on Friday afternoon, June the 10th, I think. Yes, yep. And Charlotte Stewart's going to be there, and uh, I believe Peter Dom from Welcome to Twin Peaks and Scott Ryan. I, I can't wait to hang out with all of them. We had such a good time at the festival in Washington last year. Mm. And, uh, you know, I trade texts with them and also uh, David Bushman, who is the co-author of the new Twin Peaks FAQ book. Mm. Uh, and we trade messages every day and we joke around. I just can't <laughs> wait to hang out. And I can't wait to hang out with you guys. That's oh, yeah. Be awesome. yeah. And then also uh, Saturday, there's another mythology panel at the Hardywood Brewery. And that place is really cool. It's, it's just this uh, independent brewery. They make their own beer in mm. Richmond. And I had a lot of it last year. And it was really good. <laughs> nice. And it was Twin Peaks themed. So awesome. that's cool. And what are you up to now? I mean, what's next for your podcast? And uh, what else are you working on? See, I am working on my podcast, The Brad Dukes Show, trying to get some guests lined up for the dog days of summer, and that's in the works. I'm also working on another book about a television show that is not Twin Peaks, but mm-hmm. get too ahead of myself, but that's keeping me busy, and it, uh, <laughs> it gives me some violent flashbacks of working on my Twin Peaks book. Sometimes I look back and I'm like, oh God, how did I do that? <laughs> <laughs> Between that and my nine to five keeps me very busy. Very busy. I, I know. I hear you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Was there anything else you wanted to share before we go? No, uh, I'm just, uh, I am excited about the Great Southern Festival coming up and also the Washington Festival later this summer. And after that, you know, I'm excited. There's going to be a lot of cool Twin Peaks news coming out, I think. Yeah. Totally. Well, where can people find you? Like, where can they find your podcast and, and your social media? And Yeah, everything is pretty much at 
Twin Peaks book. You can find me through there and then uh, link to my sort of personal account and find my podcast. That's at Brad underscore D underscore on Twitter. Scott Ryan, co-host of the Red Room podcast. Well, obviously, with 29, there are so many things to discuss. Mm. And, you know, I think in many ways it's the best episode of Twin Peaks. Definitely. Because it's the most Twin Peaks Twin mm. Peaks episode. But because I figured you guys were going to discuss a lot of things, I wanted to discuss the sycamore trees. The sycamore trees. Oh, yeah. So to me, this is why David Lynch is brilliant. Mm. You know, if you go back to the first episode of Twin Peaks, one of the first strange things that you notice is there happens to be a lady holding a log. Mm. And it just seems so weird. And I don't even think she has a line in the pilot. She's just you know? flickering the lights. Yeah. I mean, she's just got this log and you just think it's weird and it became a weird thing. But in the final episode, what you really find out is there's nothing more important than mm. the sycamore trees, which are made of wood. Mm. And she's carrying around this wood. Where does Josie go? In the wood. She goes in the wood. You know, how do you get into the waiting room or the Black Lodge or whatever you want to call it? You have to circle in through the wood. Mm. And then the first thing that Cooper hears when he walks in is the song, The Sycamore Tree. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Our theme song. <laughs> and, well, I love that song. Me too. I mean, it is amazing. I think it has the best lyric that Lynch ever wrote, and it's the first lyric, I've got idea, man. Mm. Yeah. Awesome. He doesn't have an idea. He has all idea. <laughs> that, that is what the lyric is. Yep. I got idea, man. And I love that lyric, and I just love, you know, I don't know how you, you Brian, you're new to this, right? Yeah. Okay, so weren't you surprised when they when they put the curtain over the sycamore trees? Yeah, well, I loved it. I, I, I like I felt it all came full circle. You had the sycamore trees, you had the curtain, and then you heard the song, which was so bizarre. I'm like, why are we hearing this person sing the song <laughs> in right. here? But it all makes sense. It all like. In in the Lynch's mind, you know, it's right. like yes, this is it's so abstract and it's not holding your hand to figure things out. You you're gonna have to figure it out yourself, but it makes sense for people who watch the show, mm. you know. Yeah, and yeah, I mean, right. I, I I was really I I loved it, and I was it was cool. The sycamore trees came. Well, and I noticed because I wanted to. It's it had been a while since I'd seen it. And I thought what I remembered, and I, I pulled up the last episode just before we talked. And one of the things that I thought was interesting is when Wyndham Earl grabs Annie, and it's when they're getting close to the trees, he says, they're not dead. Mm. That's the first thing he says when they get in. And I think that's interesting because... Is he saying the trees are not dead, which means the trees have people in them, which is, goes back to Josie in the wood. Mm, yeah, interesting. And, you know, we've seen the blowing trees the entire series, and you might think, oh, that's just mood. But maybe what we're really thinking is those are souls or people or yeah. we don't know. That's so cool. Yeah, yeah. That, that's a good – definitely. So to me that 
you know, there's there's many things in the last episode, but to me, it really comes down to that, the sycamore trees. I just, when I was watching it today, I watched Jimmy Scott sing sycamore trees. I'm going to go with his worldly person is Julie Cruz. <laughs> I like that. Uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, I like that. You know, there's there's a singer in the roadhouse and a singer in, yeah. in the waiting room. Scott, you're going to be at the Great Southern. Tell us about that. You're going to be involved with two panels. Can you give us a preview of that? I sure can. I'm so excited about this. So the the main thing is my documentary, A Voyage to Twin Peaks, is going to have its world premiere. Awesome. Okay. And I'm very excited to watch your movie, so I don't want to. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So. Of course. That's the that's I mean, that's almost better than Firewalk. <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome. I, I'm totally kidding for the uh, person listening at home that just said, <laughs> what? No way. Um, I finished editing this back in... September or October, mm-hmm. I actually don't remember. And I've never watched it since then. Wow. Nice. And I'm not going to until it premieres in this movie theater. So awesome. I actually don't remember it, to be honest <laughs> with you. Um, so I'm I'm actually really excited to see it. I'm It'll feel excited. like the first time. Um, so that's playing on Friday. And then right after that, I'm on a writer's panel. I'm very honored to be on it with Charlotte Stewart and Brad Dukes and John Thorne and David Bushman and Arthur Smith. Mm. And that's going to be fun. That's on Friday. And then on Saturday, I am getting to run my own panel called The Mythology of Twin Peaks, where we're going to probably dig a little deeper than donuts and coffee. So I'm really looking forward to that. Maybe talking about what the red room means. Mm. Um, discuss my Cooper's hair theory. <laughs> <laughs> well, Scott, thank you for your time. Do you want to you plug um, where people can find you and, and about the podcast? Yes, definitely check us out at Red Room Podcast on Twitter. And we have a Facebook page. And we're at www.redroompodcast.com. And from there, you can get to the 30-something podcast and Scott Luck Stories, which is... So I'm everywhere. Awesome. Nice. Well, we're looking forward to seeing you at the Great Southern. I know. We're going to know what we look like. (laughs) Yes. Well, it was a pleasure as always, guys. You guys do a fun show. As you do as well. Yep. We're now with Andreas Hoskoff. He is film and television scholar and author of TV Peaks. Well, uh, first of all, I think the last episode of Twin Peaks is a unique piece of television. Uh, it, when it first came out, I was 10 years old. Hmm. Uh, and I saw that episode, and it uh, it frightened me beyond my ability to express myself. <laughs> I, uh, I do remember watching in particular those last 18 or 20 minutes, so that hmm. extremely long sequence in the Red Room or the Black Lodge or yeah. wherever we are. Right. right? And that is such a scary part of it. Hmm. And, I mean, still to this day, it freaks me out. But it also intrigues me in a way that's almost impossible really to explain. But I think that what that episode did and what it still does is that it seems it seems to me so cinematic and so uh, so awesome like in a way that that is very daring. It was extremely daring in 1991, but it's even daring uh, by the standards of what we watch today. Just think of the tempo or the pacing in it. Uh, like just before we enter the Black Lodge, it's mm. extremely slow. Yeah. Or the bank scene, it's such an extremely sh- uh, slow scene uh, with uh, uh, that old, uh, yeah. is it Bell Mibler or the what do you call yeah. that old? 
Yeah, that old banker and uh, Audrey and all that stuff, uh, tying herself to the vault or whatever right. it is. Like we have that is such an extremely lengthy scene. We have that extremely lengthy scene, or where Andy and Truman are sort of sitting and waiting for Cooper, and then we have that, you know, very daring and very strange and surreal sequence hmm. at the end of the of the the episode. I think that last episode, still by today's standards, is uh, is the strangest, uh, strangest, most surreal thing that I've ever watched on television, and. And to me, it's I, I wouldn't be able to single any one episode out. I think the pilot is such a great episode. Hmm. I think episode 14 is amazing. Uh, but if I were to single any episode out, I think I would single out the last one because, boy, did they go out with a bang yeah, in that sure one. Did. And uh, I think Sarah Koslov, she said something akin to uh, the, the, the longer... The, the longer the hiatus, the greater the cliff. Hmm. We've been waiting. Yeah. We've been waiting for that cliffhanger, that how's Annie to uh, to you know. We want an answer to that right. question, but it's it's not just about that question left dangling. It's about a, a mystical, a strange, a real world that we want to uh, delve back into, and much of that has to do with those episodes that were directed by Lynch. I still think that. And that mm. particular last one, boy, that was just striking to me. Something else. Are you able yeah. to like kind of look back and say, this is what I think happened to Cooper? I Well, I, when I saw it the first time, because I was only 10 years old, right. I don't think yeah. I have any... I don't think I had any theories at all. I just I was just mind boggled, and sure. I think I didn't know uh, much of what happened in Twin Peaks. I didn't understand at all, and perhaps that really has led me to what is my main sort of my main way of engaging with the show. Still, my main way of engaging with David Lynch's work still is that I sort of see it almost through Kit's eyes in a way. Mm-hmm. It's much more of a sensual or visual experience, but. But I remember when it was re-aired in Denmark in 1997. That was a cool thing. It came to a small Danish, new Danish TV channel that wow. was mostly cultural stuff and artsy stuff. And they had sort of small introduction introductions to every show, every episode of Twin Peaks, where like uh, one of the, the hosts, she would talk backwards so she would dance <laughs> like Bobby or stuff like that. Right? And then we would watch the show. And, and I remember when I saw it back then, that during that time I was sort of gearing up for high school, and mm. then I had a theory, and I remember that that theory was slightly Freudian, I suppose. The idea is that it was for me that um, the uncanny part of Twin Peaks was emphasized in the ending of the show that that Cooper starting to bleed from his stomach. It might be a reference to the fact that sort of an old wound had been opened mm. and the wound of Caroline. And, yeah. and perhaps uh, what was his real involvement in that? We hmm. don't really know. Hmm. Uh, he only says he wasn't really able to defend her, but we, we don't know exactly what happened there. Right. And we do, we, we do remember that Bob said something uh, at one point, right? Just at the time when Josie dies, I have this thing for knives, just like what happened yeah, to me at right. Pittsburgh Hospital. Right. So what is this thing that he has with knives? And <laughs> why does he start bleeding from his gut? Is it because, you know, an old wound is opened mm. and that he's now uncannily, as Floyd would say, forced to repeat his action? Mm. Uh, like is that, that why he says, how's Annie? And, he, uh, you know, is that because now he's forced to repeat the action 
uh, as if he was returning to Chinatown mm. all over again. And that same kind of action would, would repeat itself, that Annie would die. Perhaps because either Cooper is not aware, like he was, and like he was not aware when Carolyn died, or perhaps because Cooper himself, you know, whether or not we call it bad Cooper or mm. the darker half of Cooper or whatever, right. that that he kills her. I don't know, but that was I remember that was sort of my general thought of it, and and and, and looking back on it, I still think that thought is interesting. I like and that. I mean. Um, there are so many repetitions, really, in the show. Mm. I mean, repetitions that we might even might not even think about. Uh, like, say, Jimmy Scott. Uh, that's a striking element of the last episode that Jimmy Scott is suddenly there singing. Yeah. Uh, Sycamore uh, trees. Sycamore trees. Yeah, yeah, such a great tune. It but is. if you listen to it musically, it actually uses elements from the main theme falling, hmm. uh, but in a very different way. So, it's, and he's a black guy singing. Mm. Uh, and in the and in, in originally we have Julie Cruz singing, right? Uh, Pretty uh, white blonde. She's, <laughs> she's a very white blonde yeah. woman, so it's as if he's almost the dark half to her. The mirror version. I never of thought her. of that. That is really interesting. I think Twin Peaks is very much about repetition. It's very much about duality. The, one of the very first shots of the show, right? If not the first one, really. Is, is Josie looking in a mirror? I mean, mm. so we have the, that that idea of duality, uh, which is really already there in the title, like Twin Peaks. Yeah, I suppose is so important, uh, and I did uh, think about that, but at a slightly less theoretical uh, level, uh, sort of more uh, on a slightly more intuitive level. But uh, I mean, to this day, I'm sort of. Though I still think a lot uh, that I still think that idea at least up until the point where we see the new season and mm. things might you know be totally different from what I've imagined. I think that idea still to some degree holds water, but uh, I've I've also you know gone a little bit away from that idea and started approaching a sort of a more open-minded I wouldn't call it transcendental <laughs> way of looking at uh, Twin Peaks and David Lynch have become. I think more open to the fact that much of what we see in, in his films and in Twin Peaks in particular might not necessarily have a very clear-cut meaning or sense to it. It might might just be enigmatic and uh, visceral and mm. interesting, thought-provoking, and we might not necessarily need to have an answer to all of it. Uh, well, we can't help trying to find out. But... Um, I I hope in a way that the new season I have good faith in David Lynch and Mark Frost they mm. will do something interesting but I really hope they won't answer everything in the new one as they've sort of said they will I don't think they will yeah, I mean I they, they 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 called the uh, they called the gold box the definitive yes. <laughs> box well it wasn't right. not that uh, not that long later we. Uh, Long after we had like the Blu-ray box called the entire mystery, right? <laughs> and then the new season is coming up, right? So uh, no, uh, and we even had the missing pieces mm. <laughs> coming out. So it seems that they are playing with that idea that now, now, now the puzzle will be done. This is the final piece. Now everything is is answered, and we need to delve into it no more. Right. But I hope that it will leave a lot of doors open for me still, or, or at least that um, the 
the doors won't be doors that, that close, but just curtains that sort of, uh, you know, slide. Right, so yeah. I, I have that feeling that I can always, if I want to, I can delve into it again. And there are crevices and 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 uh, stuff like that that I can still creep into and theorize about. Or, because that's what's been so great to me about Twin Peaks, apart from the sheer visual and uh, sonic experience of it. It's been the fact that it's. I think that you can continually uh, ponder it and never ever really know everything. I agree. I think that's why it's still uh, at 25 years later. Uh, we're still celebrating it. We're still enjoying the show. And uh, yeah, thank you. Thank you a lot for having me. Thank you, Maya, Joel, Scott, Lindsay, Brad, Francine, John, and Andreas. Wow, we had a lot of people on today. We did. Eight people. Holy smokes, Ben. This show was amazing. You know, I finally got to watch the final episode. A lot of people on Twitter, on Reddit, on Facebook have been waiting for this moment. Was it worth it? Was it worth a year? <laughs> yes, I think it was. Um, and I think when we air the episode with Joel, you're really going to hear my theories. And I hope we don't disappoint people with this episode because the Joel episode is really going to um, really like make your mind explode. Because we're going to talk about theories and stuff. But I think it'd be cool. I think this one, it's the first time, it's my sec- it's my first time watching it. Mm. Watching it again, we, we, I watched it twice with you yes. while we're doing the show, before the show. So with Joel, uh, I hope everybody tunes in for that one. Because I think that one is going to be the big one. And then after that, you're going to be like, well, that wasn't the big one. Firewalk with me. me. You got to go see it. Oh, God, yes. <laughs> you know, stay tuned for the Joel episode. We, we you know, we're going to have a couple weeks of uh, the festival uh, coming yeah, the great at Southern you. Southern there, yeah. Yeah, so if you can't go, we're going to bring it to you. Cool. Which I'm very excited for. And, um, but yeah, awesome show. Yeah, so Brian, I want to just say, you know, it's been a year. This is our year anniversary. <sighs> I want to say thank you for, uh, you know, being part of this journey with me. It's been uh, amazing. You know, for me, sometimes, like, you know, like these past several years, it's, there's been kind of some part of a dark place for me. So there's pain. There's my mm-hmm. own Black Lodge. But, like, being with you, there's been joy <laughs> and laughter, and well, I had just you. a good time. And it, it means a lot that you've been for, you've you've stayed for this whole year. We were able to finish it. And you're not quitting on me yet. You're no, not, no. We're, we're not still quitting. doing this. And stuff, yeah, so. no, I mean, uh, you're welcome. I mean, I had, a, I had a great time. And I'm glad I got to watch the show and enjoy it this way. I think um, some shows are meant to be, like, talked about. And this one... Stands the test of time. Yeah, twenty five years out, later. Yeah, and we are talking about it, and other people are talking about. It. We met a lot of cool people, and um, I'm I'm glad you were like, "Hey, Brian, on that fateful day on your birthday," <laughs> and you were like, "Let's do a show about Twin Peaks." Yeah, and I said yes, and I didn't know what I was getting myself into. <laughs> I did warn you that I was gonna, I was gonna probably go crazy over this and stuff. But it's been awesome. Look at yeah. all the people we've met. That is all, and, I know uh, it's all about the community, though. It really is. Yeah, I mean, that's yeah, to me, yeah. it, it makes it's so much fun to do this. Not only just to talk about, but then to be able to talk with other people in the community and what oh. they think about it. Oh yeah, yeah. It, yeah I think that I think that's what keeps us going. Almost like mm. if nobody listened to us, we would have just stopped and been like, well, or we would have just done a little bit, but like, yeah, it's okay. But like we were kind of embraced, yeah, which is really means a lot. Yeah, totally. To us. I mean, that's awesome. I mean, I would not expect doing a podcast where we're getting hundreds of views and we're getting reviews on iTunes and people are t- mentioning me by name on Reddit right. saying, when are you going to watch the last episode? Yeah. And it blows my mind. 
It's so awesome. Yeah, so it really cool. is awesome. So it's thank been you. a great year. It's been a great year. I can't wait to see what happens in the next year. I mean, probably, hopefully next year at this time we'll be talking about the new series. Maybe. Maybe. Right? <laughs> they're saying June, May. No, yeah. What are they, they're saying... Yeah, they're saying it could be April, May, or June. Right now, it's the second quarter of of the year. Basically, they're saying it could be January, February, March, April, May, or June. And if that doesn't happen, July, August, September, October, November. <laughs> 2017. We're looking good for 2017. Well, you know, they finished. Yeah. Pro- they've finished production. They're editing. To me, the, the fact that they're editing, they're, it's a good sign that you know things yeah. are moving along. And from my indication of Firewalk with me coming up, we're going to be doing that. And how the missing pieces you've told me runs about ninety minutes. Mm. I have to imagine they're going to shoot so much stuff. Oh yeah, they're not going to use, and then we're going to have to buy the the Blu-ray set. Right, and then we're going to talk about the missing pieces of season three. <laughs> yes, it'll be a vicious circle. Just continue. I love it. <laughs> And I think I really do believe that it's not going to be one season. It's going to be two seasons, maybe uh, eighteen episodes cut in half. Right? Yeah, I. And I think there's something too. else I just read recently that they they're doing that. It's uh, uh Daniel Craig, I think you know a guy from a James yeah. Bond. There. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think he's doing a new sh- show for Showtime, and he's made an agreement for two seasons, and it's kind of broken up like that. Okay. So, yeah, yeah, makes sense. So you know, we might have two more years of this. Cool, cool. cool. I'm I'm down. Awesome. All right, so we're going to end the show. I thought, you know, Mark Frost recently uh, did a reading. He he spoke about Twin Peaks, and I thought it'd be cool just to, on the 25th anniversary to uh, share that with you. Cool. And uh, I went back and looked at the last episode of the original series, in which you may recall Agent Cooper is trapped in this purgatorial red room. Uh, his evil doppelganger has just escaped and gone out into the world while Cooper is kind of nailed in his chair, and the spirit of Laura Palmer uh, suddenly appears beside him and says, I'll see you again in 25 years. (laughs) I'd like to take credit for knowing that I was going to leave when we wrote it, but obviously I didn't, but maybe I did at that So I pointed this out to David, and he went, holy Joker George. Uh, I said, that's an actual quote. Uh, uh, so I said, there's our, there's our way in. We don't have to do a sequel. We don't have to do a reboot. We can pick up the story a quarter of a century later because all of us happen to be a quarter of a century older. And uh, he, w- so this was at a lunch we had at the, we used to have lunch at this very famous old Hollywood eatery called Musso and Frank's on Hollywood Boulevard. Um, and we came away from that lunch thinking, okay, let's, let's start digging. We, we talked for probably nine months before we wrote a word. Then it took a year to write the first two hours. We never told a single soul what we were up to. Um, and then we said, okay, that's, where, do we, where are we going to take this? We're not going to go back to broadcast television, not to the broadcast networks. The premium cable world is the home for this. We don't want to do network uh, Netflix because we don't want people binging. You know, that would be irresponsible. (laughs) (laughs) The the show is better in measured doses (laughs) Uh, and probably safer. (laughs) So then we went, okay, so uh, it turned out that our video distributor was the parent company, uh, CBS of Paramount and 
happened to own CBS television and also Showtime. And it turned out that an old friend of mine was running Showtime and that the second in command at Showtime just happened to be the guy who was our original network representative at ABC on Twin Peaks the first time around. So it wasn't what I would call a hard sell. We came in, we met with them, we showed them the two hours. They said, okay, let's, let's do this. We said, it's gotta be top secret. We need to go write all the scripts. We're gonna do them all as one big movie. I, I'm just checking back to see if I'm violating any <laughs> no, I don't think I am. And David's going to direct them all, and we're going to write them all, and we're going to both produce them. And they said, great. Um, it took a little longer to make the deal. Uh, at one point, quite uh, publicly, David walked out for a while as a negotiating employee, which turned out to be very effective. <laughs> um, and uh, so we rolled cameras on the new series last September 9th. Um, up in Washington. We re revisited all the old locations. We had all 99% of the old cast back. 